Welcome to this week's Selk Grassroots Podcast, the Sunday League Show, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get Down to Play today, the UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of the day it is when you're listening to this. This is Silk Grassroots uh, and this is the sun, uh, the Sunday League Show episode 17. Um, this episode is dedicated to Southern Sunday ex-committee member Bob Dixon, who sadly passed away uh, last week. Um, no other way we can pay tribute to a man uh, except passing you over to Graham, who... Graham, you knew Bob really well, worked with him on the Southern Sunday um, and probably the best placed person to to pay tribute to the man. Yeah, thanks a lot, Andrew. And um, thank you for your dedication to Bob. Um, really do appreciate it. It's a real sign of respect and, and a good recognition of the man. Not only what he did really for sort of the Southern Sunday League, really, but generally a lot of people in grassroots football um, knew Bob. Um, so, yeah, Mr. Grassroots Football, you know, he'd been around uh, many, many years. Um, for anybody that knows the sort of Tulse Hill area, um, he lived on the Tulse Hill estate and they've got a youth club. So he, I think he was the treasurer of the youth club there. Um, quite heavy, quite heavily involved in a lot of their fantastic work. And of course, we know um, the fantastic work that youth clubs do in all of our communities right across um, London. Um yeah, Bob ran teams, uh, set up teams, sat on committees, you know, did so much for grassroots football for so many years. Um, I probably got to know Bob maybe about 20 years ago, really, when I started my refereeing career, sort of in around the year 2000. And he, in those days, had a team uh, called South Bank, and they played in the Mitchum um, District, Mitchum District League. They used to do a few games on, on that on that league. Um, didn't know Bob too well, only that, you know, he was sort of Mr. Southbank and kind of it never happened really unless he was there on match day. Um, you know, he knew all of his players. He, he, he knew he knew what was going on. He knew who was turning up. You know, he'd have the first aid boxes. He'd have the nets up an hour and a half before the game. And he was just Mr. Organised, really. Everything that you would want somebody in grassroots football, anything that you would want, he, he, would, he would be there. He would deliver it and he would know it. Um, we got a little bit more close when we both joined the Southern Sunday, actually back in 2009. Um, I joined originally on the Southern Sundays, the referees secretary, and Bob bought his uh, two South Bank teams, as he had at that time, um, because the Mitchum District League folded. So he came into the Southern Sunday League and essentially uh, within a couple of years, you know, he joined the he joined the committee as like a club rep. Um, and then he came on as a sort of trophies, trophies officer in, in, in recent years. Um, he stepped away from the committee probably about three years ago and, you know, before the pandemic started. Um, I, I just think it was the right time for him, really. I mean, he dedicated um, kind of every Sunday to it for so many years, so many years. And lots of our teams putting fantastic tributes and messages on Twitter, really telling stories about Bob and and that's the great thing is everybody knew him so well and what you saw is literally what you got I mean there was no 
talking about you behind your back. You know, there was no airs and graces. If he had something to say, you know, he'd be right on the front foot. Yeah. Whether you liked it or whether you didn't like it, you were going to get it from him. Like, you know, he was just one of those just infectious personalities. Um, you didn't want to... You didn't want to get on the wrong side of him. You didn't want to upset him, I have to say, because um, you'd soon know about it. You'd be on the on the receiving end of his tongue. But, you know, he, he, when he when he kind of had those outbursts, you know, it was passion. It was passion and it was enthusiasm. And it was just his love for the football. And because he did everything so meticulously running his club, he wanted other clubs to get up to that standard and up to that level. And I think that's where... It wasn't rudeness. It wasn't, you know, sort of put me downs. It was just frustration um, because, you know, like myself, he, you know, he had high standards. And and if you didn't meet his high standards, as I, you, you'd certainly know about it. Um, ran the two South Bank teams very successfully. So some of the people that are listening to the podcast, you know, they may have come up against a South Bank team in a cup um, of some capacity, or they might have previously played in the Southern Sunday. Um, really, really excellent, excellent side. And they'd certainly always give you a game. And, um, you know, they're a very successful club uh, before the Southern Sunday and, and during their time in the Southern Sunday. So um, it was a shame eventually when kind of all the players got to their natural kind of retirement, if you like, that we then kind of lost the club probably about five or six years ago now um, from the league. But Bob, you know, we were able to uh, retain him uh, in his role as a league officer and, you know, for his dedication and hard work, we'd already named our um, League One. It was already named after Bob. So, you know, we've got that tribute going forward. But, um, you know, we, we've certainly got a consideration, certainly with the big response uh, in terms of this sad news that, you know, we do want to recognise him in um, some other way. Um, we have the South Bank Challenge Cup, which he donated on behalf of the club when they left. And that's the cup competition that we play sort of a bit like the Community Shield, really, Andrew, at the beginning of each season. So, you know, okay. we've got something kind of after the club and we've got something, you know, already named after Bob. But obviously, you know, after this sad news, um, we're certainly going to look at kind of what other tributes that we can do to him when we can come back um, from football in the new year. So. Um, yeah, I got a phone call uh, sort of last Saturday, really, you know, telling me the bad news. He'd been poorly, he'd had a pacemaker fitted and been in and out of hospital. But, um, you know, unfortunately, he was just kind of beaten in the end. And, um, you know, he was taken from us last Saturday. Um, you know, very, very difficult conversation, um, you know, that I had to have with many of the committee and obviously the the clubs who in a couple of them have, really, you know, really taken it to heart as they got on really well with Bob mm. and, and, and one thing that if you were a new club that you were coming into the league, you know, you would have a close affiliation because one thing that he did really well is he always reached out and he was that kind of that that father figure and he would he would nature and look after and try and develop new clubs. He'd always take a really kind of like a mentoring role, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. um, and as I say, his standards of his own club were really, really high. So, you know, people really did look up to Bob and did really respect him. So. Hopefully, you know, when the time comes, you know, COVID is going to be a little bit kinder to us and we're not going to be under any um, restriction and, you know, we can give him the proper sort of tribute and proper send off that, that he really deserves. So thank you for giving me the few minutes sort of in our section here to sort of pay my respects and uh, dedication. And of course, all our love and thoughts are, are with his wife, Wynne, uh, and his son, Keith, and, um, and the family. So, yeah, very, very tragic news. and. Um, yeah, that's upset and, and, and rocked quite a lot of people associated with the league. Uh, before we carry on then, uh, Graham, thank you for your tribute uh, to Bob. Just go have a quick moment 
of silence and uh, and we'll crack on uh, with the review. Cheers, Graham. Uh, touching uh, tribute there from Graham, who worked with Bob uh, in the league committee. Uh, and as I say, this this show, in 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 a small way, it may be, is dedicated to Bob. I've seen lots of messages from people around the grassroots uh, community from all different types of leagues, um, saying what a legend uh, Bob was. And and legend, legend is a word used uh, a lot, Graham. But I think it's fair to say Bob. Bob was one of those. Yeah, I think, you know, for what he put into the game for sort of 40, 45 years was, you know, unrivaled. And, you know, if I got to if I got to 45 years and I did and achieved as half as much as he did, then I'd die a happy man. <laughs> well, uh, rest in peace, Bob. Um, this show's for you. Uh, so, Graham, the decision before we get into reviewing the leagues, the decision made by the league was to postpone, to blanket postpone games. Uh, before we start, before you give your reasons, I just want to make my standpoint clear. Uh, in no way criticising any leagues that decided to do so, uh, go against my sort of personal preference. Uh, by the way, just stating my just stating my case that I felt it would be it would be best to leave it to the clubs. Um, but I understand that the leagues have taken the safest option, which is to blanket postpone games. Um, only one, the Orpington and Bromley on this show, decided to leave it to the clubs. And they didn't end up with many games anyway. Um, but Graham, what what was the decision? What was the reasoning behind the decision to to blanket postpone games by the Southern Sunday? Yeah, again, Andrew, thanks very much for the opportunity to sort of publicly speak about this. I know we've put out a statement as a league, um, but you know it is important that you know people do hear from leaders in these extraordinary times. And I think that's been our big frustration um, in terms of our. Uh, national leaders in the country and you know those that are are running football um, there is a lack of leadership so you know I'm more than happy to sort of come out and and give our rationale um, yep. I think the point that you make around leaving it to clubs I think is an interesting point I think that really wasn't a consideration from us really at any stage um, I think we you know we were at a point where on Monday um, you know I put out a statement to the club saying you know we're aware obviously of Omicron here are the isolation rules, you know, we're not just going to allow games to be called off readily, you know, it is business as usual, we need to carry on the good work that we've already done in terms of getting to the place that we've got. And then I think as the week got went on, and it got to Tuesday, and it got to Wednesday, the already decimated fixture list due to teams requesting a week off because of the Christmas yeah you know was the matches just started to go like dominoes the first one went then the next one went then we're when then we're asking for evidence we're asking for copies of PCR tests we're saying well you've got 30 players registered can you give us an explanation of where all of these players are why can't you fulfill the fixture yeah and of course we started to do that and we're doing that for five teams six teams seven teams eight teams and then this just doubling of these cases essentially just then kicked in yep. people were then saying you know they weren't going to work stuff they were being told to you know limit their contacts people that are working in sort of public service police firemen firefighters people in the nhs it just we just got to a point where we just lost so many fixtures i think the others we would have just lost kind of naturally anyway because okay. the cases really were you know sort of doubling and trebling especially yep. in london um it became really an issue and I think 
I think for us, you know, you know, we really listen to the very, very strong views of our clubs that are saying, you know, we'd already started the league early. Um, you know, we don't want to be in isolation for Christmas. We lost Christmas last year. And, and I think in the end, I think we would have lost more games than what we already had. And I think by making the kind of blanket decision is we just took away that uncertainty so that people then could plan what they wanted to do for their weekend. So originally we were going to put out a statement at six o'clock on Friday night. That wasn't essentially doable. We got into a mess really quite late on Thursday night. So a statement then went out on Friday morning. And what that did is it just took away all the questions all the email correspondence, all the phone calls, all the WhatsApps, all the uncertainty, everybody then knew that they had a clear weekend. It also gave me an opportunity where I could get in contact with the local authorities. So at Wandsworth and at Lambeth on behalf of the teams and you know the, the councils have been fantastic and they've credited teams back with that so that they haven't lost any money either. So we went really on the front foot and by giving us them that kind of extra day on that Friday, Teams got their money back for pitches. Those that weren't in that situation then were able to cancel. People felt a lot safer. People felt supported. They felt that we'd listened to them and that ultimately we respected their decision. So I wouldn't make any comment either positively or negatively about what another league has decided to do. Mm -hmm. I can only talk in the context of this league and our membership. And, you know, we've got 100% of the clubs essentially that are behind the decision, which they instigated but we ultimately and eventually took so yeah. I, I think we're in a good I think we're in a good place and you know we're we're obviously not happy that we've lost football nobody wants to lose football we spent long enough um being locked down um and frustrated and you know we we know that that affected all sorts of things but this was just a really different scenario and we're dealing with a, a strain and a variant of this virus that essentially nobody really knows anything about so we already had the two weeks Christmas break to come after that. So just to tag that extra week on for us made absolute sense. But certainly I, I wouldn't make any judgment or comment either positively or negatively. Everybody has to make a decision that they feel is right for their league. And I, I do find it quite disappointing that, you know, it, it, it took some tweets, I think, from us to prompt a reaction from our county FA at London. Um, I, I felt that whatever decision you had made as a league, I felt that, you know, we deserved respect and we deserved support from our senior leaders, really. And I don't really feel that we necessarily got that until after everybody had made their decision. So, Graham, I um, imagine it was a bit like a Downing Street uh, cheese and wine party in London FA this week. You probably struggled to get hold of anyone. Uh, well, well, that's normal, Andrew. That's in a normal week. That's even outside of that's even outside of COVID. I mean, I don't know how it works with the cheese and wine. I, I've got to be honest, but uh, yeah, I'm very disappointed. I have to say, and even throughout the whole of the COVID thing, about sort of a year and a half ago, what do you do? Do you do points per game? Do you wind up the season? Can you halve the league? Do you play your cup competitions? We just weren't really left with many, many options, and. Yeah. We haven't, I don't feel in football, I don't think we've learned the lessons of what's gone on over the last couple of seasons. And I think there is still a great degree of uncertainty and um, unpredictability in terms of what's going to happen when we return, if we return in 2022. It, so. shouldn't, it shouldn't be down to league committees to be making these decisions. There needs to be input from, firstly, from the FA and secondly, from County FA's 
I mean, they want to take charge and rule on everything, everything else over the league. So why are they not stepping in now? They want to, they want to try and dictate everything else that leagues do. Why, why aren't they stepping in now, Graham, and, and uh, directing you uh, like they should be? I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think that's, I think that's my biggest frustration. I think that's the frustration, certainly, of other leagues that that I've been talking to, is that you know they want to interfere if you don't apply the rules correctly, or if you don't send the right letter out to someone, or if you don't give someone a fair hearing, or you don't follow the the rule book to the letter of the of the rules and tick every box. Mm. You know, as an unpaid volunteer, they'll kind of crack you over the head for it, but. When you really do need them in a time of crisis, you know, when we're all struggling in our own personal lives, let alone what we're doing in our voluntary roles, you just look around and and you look for leadership. And even if people disagree with the decision that we took, people respected it because we were straight on the front foot. We were honest. We were transparent and we communicated. And I don't know about you, but in life, if someone communicates to me like that and they show that respect whether I agree or whether I disagree with the decision I'm a lot more likely to comply and respect it rather than have a negative opinion because I'd feel that I've been listened to taken seriously um, and that that you know action has has been taken as they see fit to cater for the majority rather than the minority and I and I think that's where I think that's where our county FAs I think they really do need to step up to be honest agreed I think we're we're on the same page when it comes to county FAs. If you've got a good county FA, you're lucky. Uh, not sure many people that listen to this uh, podcast have, sadly, uh, given in the southeast in, of the southeast London, South London area. Uh, there's a couple of common denominators there. Uh, anyway, Graham, let's get on with the good stuff. We've had a little rant. We've had a tribute. <laughs> we've had a tribute to the man himself. We've had a rant um, about county FAs. Now let's get into celebrating the good things that have happened so far in the season. With the yeah, I think prior to that, I think, you know, there's a lot to celebrate. There's a lot that's gone really, really well, not only for us, but in grassroots football, I think we've seen some fantastic football played in the first half of the season and uh, fingers crossed, long may it continue. Absolutely. And, and I know we've said it a few times now, so we won't keep mentioning it, but your decision to start the, the season middle of August or the, the third week in August, uh, whenever it was, is really going to pay dividends for you now, especially if we're going to miss uh, another two or three weeks of football because of the COVID situation. We don't know if we are yet, um, but that decision is looking um, re- a real good one. And hopefully other leagues um, take a, if they've got large divisions like yourselves, um, maybe they'll take that decision in future uh, and start their season a couple of weeks early. I think people thought I was mad, Andrew, but, you know, as you know, with my role in the Oh, NHS, you are? Well, I know that. I know that. Yeah. We, that, <laughs> you know what? Some things are just, they're just a given, aren't they? So, yeah, I'm definitely mad. Um, no question to do what I do. I've got to be mad. But I think from my role in the NHS, I always knew that another variant was coming or something else was going to happen with this virus. Those people that were in that place of you know, kind of, you know, we've got the vaccine, that's definitely the game changer and it's all going to be over and everything's going to be back to normal. That was never, ever, ever going to be the case. And one thing that I used as justification, which was, let's learn our lesson from where it went wrong before. The FA gave us an extension, didn't they, until the end of June to play, but we didn't have the council pitches or capacity to support that. So we are not going to get that month given to us. So ultimately what we need to do is use that month 
somewhere else yeah. and we then changed it to, to August. For me, that was a perfectly sensible and logical thing to do. Some of our own clubs still think that I was mad and that I am mad, but hopefully I've proved that we have learned our lesson as a league about what has gone on and what we can do right. Now, hopefully a few more of the clubs now are going to wake up and smell the coffee and realise that actually it was quite a sensible decision. And we've really given ourselves a great opportunity to deliver what the clubs want us to deliver, which is a fully completed league and cup season. That's what the expectation was. We've done everything we can as a league to try and make it happen. We're now in the lap of the gods, but... We'll work with the clubs. If the clubs work with us, we'll try and make it happen because that's the position that we all need to get to is a fully completed season. Fantastic. Congratulations on that. Let's get into the chat about the league tables now then. So straight into the Supreme Trophies, Graham Dodd, Premier Division. Uh, I mean, this is the this is the division that, Graham, you say no one seems to want to win. And I'll run through the standings pretty quickly. Uh, Park Life are top with 15 from eight games played. Uh, Ballam are second with 13 from seven. Then Swag, 12 from six. Clapham Rovers, 12 from seven. Southwest Rangers, 11 from eight. Westminster Wanderers, 10 from nine. Uh, and AFC Putney are seventh. They have nine from five. Um, Wimbledon Town have four from seven, as do Albion, four from seven. Graham, I think. You can go all the way. You can we can make a you can make a claim for anyone down to AFC Putney there. Seventh place to first place, separated by six points. Uh, lots of teams have games in hand on the top team. Putney, Clapham, Swag, and Ballum all have points on uh, games in hand. Should I say on Park Life? That is going to be a ridiculous uh, season, uh, season in that Premier Division with teams going up and down and that top place changing. Almost every week, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's as competitive as it's ever been, really. I mean, there's not one team you'd look at and stand out and say, well, actually, do you know what? You know, they're going to go on and they're definitely going to go and win it. No team really has put three or four kind of straight wins really together. Mm. Um, if a team's put a couple of wins, it's then been followed by a draw. And even if you look at the swag results, um, you know, they've got, they're unbeaten, but they've drawn three games. Yeah, um, That's unheard of, really in the Premier you don't really get that many draws Clapham Rovers have also drawn three the defending champion Southwest Rangers have drawn two in eight it's normally kind of win or loss because there's normally one team that generally is better than the yeah. other and, and you yeah. don't get those draws so yeah it'll be interesting I mean from the swag perspective obviously they've now got uh, London Cup they're into the, the the Challenge Cup quarterfinals they've got an away draw um, I see which is going to be tough um, do you know they got Oh, now I can't remember. Is it Highgate they've got? Okay, Highgate Albion or Highgate and Muswell Hill or whatever. It's Highgate and Muswell, I believe. Uh, they beat, yeah, I mean, they're a good side. They've beaten a couple of good teams on their way. Uh, Swag, we must give them a shout out and congratulate them on beating uh, Lambeth All Stars. Uh, they were the champions of this, of the London Challenge Cup a couple of seasons ago um, after Grand won it last year. Uh, Lambeth All Stars won it the year before. Uh, continuing a rich vein of um, winning form from uh, the Met League teams. Uh, so and swag. I think there's no Warpington and Bromley teams left, are there? No, no, there's not. Uh, and that is a surprise. No, there's I, not. I think that's the case, but I think that's a surprise. That's really a surprise. For us to have one in there and Warpington not to have one in there, that's definitely a surprise. It is. I mean, the Warpington 
uh, and Bromley League, they all shout about themselves being the best and there's a, there's a lot of publicity on it because of, you know, quite a few of the teams in that division, in that senior division over there, have YouTube channels. So we get to see quite a lot of them. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a surprise, but I mean, that's what happens, I guess, if you go about your business quietly and confidently, the cup is there to cause upsets and, and it has. We've had an upset on paper. Swag do like a cup competition. So we played our cup competitions last year. They won both the Divisional Cup, the Frank Blunston, and they won the Marcus Lipton Cup last year. So Swag do like a cup. So if you add those two in, which they're still in, you add into the London Cup quarterfinal and, you know, they're a bit behind in league games. Are they going to be able to fight on four fronts? They've got a very busy, busy second half of the season, I would suggest. They have. And with, with two games in hand and sitting three points behind, you wouldn't back against them. Uh, but injuries and heavy pitches uh, certainly take their toll through these winter months. Um, so we'll see where they are come March. If they're, they're going to they're, need they're... a good fixture secretary to help them, Andrew, I think. <laughs> if, they, uh, if they get to March and they're still in a similar position, uh, you wouldn't back against them, I guess. You wouldn't back against them and you wouldn't back that my hair is going to stay this colour either. <laughs> uh, sadly, Wimbledon Town and Albion look a little bit adrift at the bottom there. Um, Graham, who, who do we think is going gonna, is gonna, to uh, keep, the, keep their status in the Premier Division or is that just too, too tight to call at the moment? So I think they played each other first game of the season. I think Albion took the spoils. So that's the only really thing. I mean, their records are almost identical. Um, Albion conceded more, but, but Wimbledon Town have, um, have scored more. Um, I, I don't know is the answer. I mean, the, I agree with you. They do look slightly cut adrift. Um, but they've both got a couple of games in hand on the Westminster. So if they could get a couple of results maybe against Westminster, drag, they could drag them into the, to the argument as well. But I think everybody else, including AFC Putney there, I think looks safe. So I'd say it's a three-horse race, really, between Westminster, Wimbledon and Albion, and then take your pick of which one's going to finish bottom because I, I just think anybody at the moment is capable of beating anybody in that division, which is why I always say it's the one that no one wants to win, it looks like. Fantastic. We love a competitive division. Yeah. And that's not people sometimes misunderstand, Graham. When you say competitive, that they, that you're saying it's the best or the top quality. No, we're saying all the teams are around the same level. So when you play each other, there's no clear favourites. Let's just clear that one up because I've been called out by calling a league competitive before. And no, people... this competitive is good. It's a positive word. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the Tony Eldridge Championship. Uh, Sporting Continental sit top 24 from eight games, flawless from the boys. Uh, conceding only one goal a game is pretty special. They've scored 56, absolute domination from the boys. Uh, Lazio sits second with 16 points from seven games. Cosmos are third with 12 from six. Then it's Bath Old Boys, eight points from seven. West Norwood, eight points from eight. Uh, South London Giants have three points from four. Batsy Dogs have three points from seven. And bottom of the pile is Wheatsheaf Athletic with one point from five. The games in hand for the Wheatsheaf Athletic are about the only um, pleasing thing for them. But I think this is this is a division basically playing for second place behind Champions Elect already uh, Sporting Continental. Yeah, special mention for them. I mean, to, to motivate themselves after... What they would see is, you know, being really harsh. I think they got to the point of six from six or seven from seven last year when we um, curtailed the season. For them to 
go again, go harder, go faster and be more determined and really do the job that they've done so far. Fair play to them, um, because that's not easy if you feel like you've been wronged or you've been something's been taken away from you. You know, you would be frustrated. So and, and you know what? They're not arrogant. You know, they get their head down. They know what the job is. You know, they're very respectful, uh, ultimately, to the league. And they realise that we've got a kind of look after the interests of 113 clubs not just one or two clubs and yeah. and, and and I have to give Hugo a shout out for that in terms of the respect that he's shown to us um, you know we're on the same page you know they knew that they'd have to earn their way out of that division and earn that premier spot and you know they haven't moaned about it and when they've come on your platforms before Andrew and I and I've heard Hugo talk there's no complaint or argument no. from Sporting Continental. <clears throat> Everyone outside the league wants to make something of this situation. But actually, Sporting Continental and the Southern Sunday League, we're all good. Uh, Hugo's a, a fantastic bloke, and we've been speaking for such a long time, since the very early days of the podcast. Um, Hugo was obviously our correspondent for all around the leagues for the Southern Sunday, uh, and he was... Offered your position, Graham. It has to be said. Before. Yeah, I'm not the number one choice. I was, I was, I was the, I was the poor second choice. I, I don't mind admitting that. Uh, well, I offered, I offered him to come on with you actually. So we had a committee member and a player perspective uh, on the Southern Sunday section. But unfortunately, commitments. I know he travels does a lot of travelling on a match day, uh, and where we recorded this on a Sunday, I know it's too much for him. With and he's got a new little and hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, well. all that stuff. So. Um, but a fantastic guy and yeah, he's never moaned once. He's never complained or said anything in, in text messages or anything whenever we've talked. So I think they're just looking forward to that promotion. Um, and I mean, you know, it could be back-to-back championship wins for them uh, in if they go into the Prem. It'd be a good test for them anyway. Uh, who do we expect to come out of that pack of chasing teams? I mean, you could look, you're probably looking Bath Old Boys United up. Sorry, Ryan. Um, there for that second place, Bath Old Boys, Cosmos and Lazio all looking um, as though they'll be the teams to chase uh, each other for that second place. Lazio in the driving seat at the moment. Can you see anyone else breaking into that position? I think it's between Lazio and Cosmos. Bath have played too many games, really, you know, eight points behind yeah. in a 14 game division I think they I think they're out of it if I'm honest okay um South London Giants with no disrespect they've only just won their first game of the season they're not going to put a run together to break uh into that sort of top two um I just can't see it looking at, at previous form so you ha- you can't look further than that so you're in the box seat at the moment yeah um and obviously you know those two two teams just before we've just broken up have gone head to head and you've had one win quite handsomely in the league and one win quite handsomely in the cup. Yep. So uh, pick the bones out of that one. Yeah. I, I think that's that that little race has got, that's more interesting than, no disrespect to Sporting Continental, that's more interesting of who's going to get second because we know that Sporting are, are going to go on likely, very likely to win it. So yeah, wouldn't like to call it, but it's definitely between Lazio and Cosmos. And Wheatsheaf with a hell of a lot of work to do down there at the bottom. Uh, no wins out of five. So it's not like you can say it's the games in hand that are going to help them because, yeah, they're winless at the moment. I think for them to get to the end of the season, I know they're struggling with numbers. So for them to get to the end of the season and to complete the season and to protect the integrity of the competition and carry on playing every week, 
that's the work that we need to do with them just to make sure that they've got the right support in place so that they can do that. Um, as I say, it's only an eight-team division now because we had a couple of dropouts right at the beginning of the season. So we certainly don't want Wheatsheaf or any other club to be going to the wall. So uh, we'll do all we can to support them. But yeah, you're right. It looks bleak. It does. So the Bob Dixon League One. Uh, the man himself, we... he gets another mention. The good man himself. Mention. The more the merrier tonight. Uh, the Bob Dixon League One. Uh, Junction Elite, top of the division. No losses. Uh, 22 from eight games. Just the one draw. That'll be winding them up, I guess. Uh, Kudos <laughs> Athletic firsts in second. 19 points from 10 games. London Ravens, 15 from eight. Bit of work to do for the Ravens. Uh, Val County have 15 from nine. Wimbledon Commoners, 15 from nine. Uh, Brixton Town, 13 from nine. 10 from 10 is Barking Mad. In eighth place, just sitting above the relegation zone. Chiswick have nine points from 10. Putney Pacers, ninth with eight from 11 games. And London Hibs, my adopted team recently, the Hibs, uh, six points from 10. Uh, Graham, this division is ridiculous. Um, down to Brixton Town with 13 points in sixth place, all the way up to second place. Kudos, really. It's looking like a real good fight to the end, isn't it? I said this from day one. This is the most tightest, strangest, competitive, there's that word again, division. It's really, really exciting. Um, really, really exciting. It is, it's just one of them scenarios where anybody on their day can be anybody and even Putney Pace and, and London Hibs who were going through that little bit of a period at the beginning even now they're starting to get involved in the conversation not only to get points for themselves but they're taking points off of some of the bigger teams as well which you know they weren't expected to do mm. um, I, I mean and you're right it, it's so tight anybody essentially can can get into that conversation I mean you'd have to say from a consistency Ravens, Ravens have to be favourite really don't know if the two games in hand uh, and their record of one loss in eight I know they've had a lot of draws yeah but they've got to be in the driving seat for second place surely it, it's going to be tough it is going to be tough I think from a consistency perspective I think yeah you'd, you'd look at them and the goals against they've only conceded seven goals they don't yeah. give too much away no. um eight, they've got Aiden there at the back who's sort of converted himself to be a centre-back from a midfield play. And then you've got the, the goalkeeper who is really, really decent um, as well. So, you know, they've got a good spine down their team. Um, it's just such a shame that we couldn't get the London Ravens Junction Elite game in just before Christmas yeah. because that was a scheduled game and that would have been a real nice marker and an indicator to kind of tell us where both teams are at as we go into the second half of the season. But yeah, there's there's lots of points to be played for, and especially around that little cluster of teams, they've all got to play each other. So I think if you can take care of your business in the other games, um, it's going to come down, I think, ultimately to that little trio of, of three teams. Absolutely. And London Hibs, Putney Pacers and Chiswick, I mean, it's not over for, for any of them. A couple of weeks ago, a month ago, We'd written, we'd almost written Hibs off, but they've really uh, done some some good work over the last month or so, uh, unbeaten in the last month, um, and really, that's not over. That relegation battle is going to go to the end, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it's incredible. If you look at the trajectory of teams, Chiswick have really hit the wall. I think it's like something like nine or ten straight defeats in all competitions for, for Chiswick, and 
at that point, you know, they, after a couple of games, were sort of middle of the table or up to about the top four. Putney Paces, London Hibs couldn't put a point, get a point on the board. Now, all of a sudden, you've seen one team on that downward spiral and the other two teams build up, build up. I think it's three draws, isn't it, for, for London Hibs now? That Even though they're draws, it's points on the board and they're looking above them and, you know, they're looking at Chiswick and they're not really getting anything on the board. So, yeah... I, I don't know what's going on with Chiswick. I really don't know what's going on, but they're going to need to put some points on the board, I would suggest, quite early on, just to try and increase that gap um, to the teams below because they're definitely being chased and chased okay. hard. A good um, a good win against London Ravens for Hibs uh, in the middle of Octo- in the middle of November, sorry, started this run. They beat London Ravens first in the league and then they went on three draw. They got three draws in a, on the bounce. So a good turnaround for the boys showing that a good result uh, can really kick off um, I'm just looking Andrew form. Chiswick haven't won a league game since the 10th of October that tells you all you need to know yeah strong uh, tough old time tough old winter for the boys hopefully they uh, after a rest they can they'll feel, ref- they'll feel refreshed and can go again in league two Celeste uh, top the pack they have 27 points from nine games flawless from the boys uh, 50 goals scored, 12 against. Uh, so averaging, averaging. What, what's that? Uh, five goals a game. Crazy from the boys. Uh, well done. In second place, 20 points from 10 games. Wimbledon Wolves, uh, AFC South London, 19 from nine. I expect them to keep pushing all the way. Had a great season of South London boys. Uh, QN Tiga first have 14 in eight. Uh, Real Dundonald sitting middle of the table, 13 from nine. Uh, followed by Club Football Val, 11 in nine. Atletico Buble have eight in eight. Uh, Norton just sitting above the relegation zone in eighth place, seven in 10. And Ribblesdale Rovers, six points in 10. Uh, bottom of the table, Sporting Crabs, uh, they're not, they can't even go sideways. They're just standing still, uh, three points in eight, Graham. Uh, again, pretty much with the, like the championship. Uh, this is sell us to lose now, surely. Yeah, I mean, you've got to say that. Uh, that's an exceptional record, isn't it? Uh, nine from nine um, mm. in any league, in any division, in any country, whether it's pro football, grassroots, amateur, whatever it is, to put nine on the from nine from nine on the board and get the maximum return is um, quite a formidable achievement. Um, so yeah, they're they're pulling away quite nicely. They've got a big uh, second round or third round Marcus Lipton Cup tie against Swag which I think we're all, that's a bit of a blockbuster game, which we're all looking forward to in the second half of the season. I must try and get myself on that game. I know I keep mentioning it. Definitely want to try and get that one. I mean, that is two proper, proper teams going to be going at it. So yeah, um, I'd be interested to know. I think that's a really good test for Sellers to see where they're at, obviously having beaten uh, Westminster Wanderers from the Premier Division, struggling Westminster Wanderers, it has to be said, but Mm. take nothing away from Sellers for the, for the win. Um, Wimbledon Wolves, you know, you can't discount them. They're there or thereabouts at the minute at the halfway stage. So, you know, they're up there. 43 goals scored as well, which is pretty good going in in 10 games. And South London have just been that really consistent team. The only two games they've lost all season are, were both to Selhurst. So if they replicate the same form for the other seven games, you'd have to put them in the box seat and make them the favourites for the promotion, I think. I, I absolutely agree. Looking at the other end of the table, um, Sporting Crabs, I think, they were the two games in hand. 
they may look at that as favourable, um, but they've won one in eight. So what's you've that? You've got to win them. Games in hand are games in hand. If you've only won one in eight, what's the what's the suggestion that you're going to go and win two games in hand? Yeah. It's unlikely, isn't it? Yeah, Ribblesdale have had a couple of good results though, so they they might be looking above at Norton and thinking uh, that's doable for them. That's only one point for them to close down. We're we're going to say, do we think we're going to say goodbye to Sporting Crabs at the end of the League Two season in May? Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, they can be quite funny. I mean, they can either have a spectacular season. I think they got to either the quarterfinals or the semi-finals of the. Marcus Lipton last year, which was a phenomenal achievement. Um, and now they're struggling in the league. And another time they can be up there or, or thereabouts. Um, odd. Uh, just to look at Ribblesdale, we're in big trouble. They've put back-to-back wins, so they'll be feeling quite uh, reassured and quite happy with kind of how they've ended 2021. And the other team to look out for is Atletico Buble, who yeah. are, you know, they couldn't buy a win near the beginning of the season, but they're now unbeaten in seven in all competitions. So they are very upwardly mobile and have got themselves into a nice, comfortable mid-table position. But they certainly won't want Ribblesdale's run to continue to try and drag them in. And we were talking in League um, One about the trajectory of teams. Norton got off to a win and now they can't buy a win at the moment. They are plummeting plummeting down the table so yeah. Ribblesdale will have their eye on them I think absolutely so into league three these are exciting these tables these are great it's unlike going through the tables I don't do it that often it's nice to uh, it's nice to have a look uh, and work out work it all out and, and see if you've been talking rubbish for the last few weeks before looking at the tables more uh, more in depth I've been uh, talking rubbish since the day I come on here. What are you talking about? Uh, in League Three, top of the pile, Hampton <laughs> Terriers. They have 25 points from 10 games, one loss and one draw for the Hampton Boys. Um, otherwise, um, eight wins uh, plus 20 goal difference from 10 games shows a steady season for the boys um, so far. Uh, Harbert Rovers sit in second place. They have 21 from seven games, flawless for them. Uh, 43 goals scored, nine against. Well done, Harbert. Um, in third is Wandsworth Warriors, 14 from 10. Um, Clapham Chiefs, 12 from nine, plus one goal difference after nine games. Tells you everything you need to know about the Chiefs. Uh, 10 from nine are Westminster Wanderers Reserves in fifth. Then Parklife B have 10 in eight. South London All-Stars, 10 in nine. Dara FC, First team have nine in seven, Ballon Mariners nine in 11 and Ellsfield seven in 10. Graham, there's a real sort of top two, then a middle and then a relegation sort of ca- uh, strong candidate here. Dara FC, obviously uh, nine points in seven sitting just above the uh, relegation zone, but they have only lost two of their seven games. That's looking a bit brighter for them with those games in hand. Um, but Harbert Rovers look uh, bang on form here to to take this title if they can get these games in hand over the line. Yeah, really, 
that was one of the big casualty games actually from the cancelled COVID weekend because Harbour were going to go to Hampton and they were going to face off, uh, if you like, to use a uh, ice skate or ice skating, I was going to say, ice, ice hockey. hockey. Yeah. Ice skating, what's the matter? I'm seeing all these adverts of dancing on ice, you know, <laughs> that's what it is. But there are other dancing shows available just to put that out there. Um, so, yeah, no, Harbour were going to go to Hampton and that was going to be really, really interesting uh, between those two, um, whether Hampton were able to, to take something off them. Um, because the Harbour Rovers train is is puffing, isn't it? Let's be honest, it is yeah. steamrolling. Um, 43 goals in seven games with just the nine conceded. That is impressive, impressive mm-hmm. going. Um, and on that trajectory, you know, probably another five or six wins. And that's it. You know, I don't think they're going to be caught because if you look at all of the other teams behind, Wandsworth, four defeats, Clapham, three defeats, Westminster, five, Parklife, four, Everybody else is beating each other. Um, and ultimately, they're just not going to be able to stack enough points in the second half of the season. So I, I think the smart money is definitely on Hampton and Harbert. You'd put Harbert as favourites to take the title. But again, it could be one of them scenarios between how the results go, the six yeah. points, where they go between the top two. That's what I was about to say. Hampton, it looks like they need to beat um, Harbert twice um, or stop them winning twice at least um, to stand a chance. It looks like Harbour are going all guns. And they look pretty much favourite for the title. Uh, the relegation battle, uh, the bottom two have played have played more games than the teams above, uh, but it's pretty tight down there still. Just three points separating Ellsfield in 10th and Westminster Wanderers Reserves in 5th. Um, and it, as you say, the games in hand don't generally count when you're not winning many, but the odd win... Or, or a few draws like we've seen with London Hibs and teams can be pulled more and more involved. Yeah, Oldsfield massively, massively struggling. Um, I don't think they've put a win on the board since September. I think that tells you all you need to know about their form at the moment. Um, you, you can't be going three months without a league win and then not expecting to be in a relegation battle, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, I think they're struggling. I think if you look at Ballum just above them, they you know, they played 11 um, that's the most of any team in that division. And again, you know, they can't seem to, to buy a win. Their last win that they got, funny enough, was in um, back end of October and they played against Earlsfield. So that, that tells you again, in, in terms of one of them teams, you know, you're low on confidence at the bottom of the table. You know, you can beat the club that's in and around you, which is fair enough. You know, you've got the three points on the board, but you've got to be trying to look at the teams in eighth and seventh to try and pick some points from there to try and drag other teams into the into the say. And those two teams just don't look like they're going to do that at the moment and have both got a very negative goal difference. If you're looking at Dara at the moment, just outside of that relegation zone, they've got three and four games in hand respectively, but actually their goal difference of naught, that's worth an extra point, isn't it? And it I is. don't think we talk about goal difference actually enough in football, generally at all levels. Goal difference can be absolutely crucial. Um, when, I mean, we've had the Premier League, I think, decided once, did we not, on goal difference? Yeah, it was Man, did Man City win it on goal difference? I think they did, yeah. Man, Man United, they were up at, was it Sunderland? Was it Sunderland or somewhere? Something and they were like waiting that, for the it? other game. They were waiting for the other game or, or what have you. So, um, yeah, it, goal difference is crucial. And I, I, I think that's a, an under-talked about part of, of the game, I think. It is. Good luck to everyone in League Three. Looking like a real good finish to that one. In League Four, uh, Magpie Recruitment sit top. 
Francis and the boys, no losses from seven games, two draws and five wins, 17 points from seven. Well done, lads. Merton Athletic, 16 from eight. Locomotive Wimbledon, 16 from seven. Parthenope, 14 from nine. Southside United, 13 from nine. Top Deck, 12 from eight. Northcote Rangers, nine from 10. AFC Mortlake, seven from nine in eighth place. Uh, Clapham Wanderers are sitting ninth place, just inside the relegation zone there, six points from seven. And Q in Q Antigua B have six points from eight games. Uh, another ridiculously tight division, Graham. <laughs> Yeah, just a shout out to Francis from Magpie. It's his birthday on Wednesday. So a big happy birthday to, to Francis. Happy um, birthday. Yeah, what a good season they're having. What a good season. Um, I think if they replicate what they do in the second half of the season, I think they'll be up possibly with a couple of games to spare. Yep. Um, they laid down the marker, didn't they, against Merton? That was such a big game when those two played quite recently. Um, yep. It was a big statement from, from Magpie. They, did they beat, did they beat um, Harbour in the cup as well, didn't they? In penalties, it was a penalty shootout win. You're absolutely right. So, um, yeah, interesting, interesting to see how that's gonna how that's gonna pan out. Um, Merton, I think that you know they've had a great, great, really first half of the season, and they're up at the right end of the table um, for once. They'll be quite happy with that. Yeah. Uh, and Hope, I think, have drawn too many. Locomotive Wimbledon, I think, are having one of the best seasons they've had that I can remember for quite a long time. And then right really down to North Coat Rangers, sorry, down to top deck in six. You know, they played eight. They've got, they've got games in hand on the couple of teams above them. Four points between second and sixth. Um, it really could go the second place between any of those teams because it's, <laughs> they're all beating each other. Again, yeah. it's a really competitive, open, open division. Um, Absolutely. As for, the, as for the bottom, Q Antigua, you know, we've said before, well, I've said before, you know, I think they should be doing better and I think they are better than what they're placed in the league. Clapham Wanderers, your good friends from the podcast, he got a good cup win, didn't he, just before um, we, we broke up. So he'll be wanting to replicate that and put some league wins on the board because he certainly won't want to be in a relegation conversation by the end of the season, but it don't look too great for him at the minute. Not amazing. It must be said they need to, first of all, get a couple of wins on board and, and bring Malt, bring Mortlake into it. And Northcote Rangers, um, it's just all about the wins. Just have to get the wins. It's as simple as that. Uh, good luck to all the teams there in League Four. League Five. Uh, top of the table, Junction Elite seconds. They have 22 points from eight games. No losses for the Junction Elite boys. Uh, always like to see this club do well. Um, what they do as, a, as an entity, as a a support service for kids and youth clubs and the, what they do for their local community is second to none. So uh, Aaron five teams out every week, Andrew, five teams out every week. And that's on just a on a Sunday. Yeah. They play Saturday stuff as well. Exactly. Amazing. And you can only take your hat off and, and uh, applaud giving that much opportunity, playing opportunity to uh, people of regardless of ability, there'd be a club for you at Junction Elite. And that, and that has got to be applauded. You have to applaud that. And, uh, yeah, cheeky, uh, cheekily, uh, I'm a bit biased towards them. Uh, in second place, Painters Community, 21 from nine. Third place, Sporting London, 13 from nine. Newlands in fourth, have 12 from six. St. Matthew's Project first, have 12 from nine. Ballon Badgers, 11 from seven. AFC Bluebirds, 10 from nine. 
Uh, eighth are Westminster Wanderers. Thirds, they have nine from nine. And bottom of the pile, Real Ale Madrid, one point from 10. Um, mistakes made, cut, cut in their first win of the season off. So they're stuck on one point. The cut drift game played more than the team above. The real owl boys will be left drink will be left in left having a real owl to console themselves at the end of the season because it looks like they got that sinking feeling, Graham. Yeah, and I, it's not been great from them. It's not been great at all, even by their own admission. I think um, it's not helpful. You know, Joe, their secretary, sort of manager. You know, he's busy, and I know that he wasn't at the last game, so. You know what sort of players are turning up and what teams you're getting out. I think I think their big problem is commitment from players and a lack of consistency. But it's really difficult, isn't it, when you're struggling to go out there and do that recruitment? How do you at this level, when people are paying to play? Yeah, they've taken a couple of hammerings. You know, they've conceded 62 goals in 10 games. That tells you everything you need to know. Mm. How then do you sell a club to somebody to come in to pay to play? to then commit themselves to try and turn the results around and get you out of trouble. It's almost impossible. Mm. We're looking up the table now to Junction Elite Seconds and Painters Community. Uh, they're well ahead. Uh, the Junction Elite boys even have a game in hand. Uh, Newlands, even if they won their games in hand, would still be, uh, what would they be? Would they be on equal points with, no, they'd be above Painters, but Junction Elite look higher and drier and they're away they're away from everybody now. It's a confident if they can replicate the rest, the, the start. Um, if they can represent, rep, you reciprocate, know replicate, replicate the first half into the second half of the season, they'll be they'll be up. They'll be job done. I don't even think they need to do that. I think if they get four more wins, five more wins, that's going to be enough because the gap, if you look right the way back to Sporting London, is just so big. That's one of the top two spots guaranteed, I think. Four wins, five wins. Because it's a 16-team or 16-game division. So, yeah, I think they look I think they look good for that. Uh, Newlands, definitely the team to watch there. They took a, a hammering off of Painters earlier on in the season. So they set down a little marker. And then your cup, they played each other in the first round in a repeat of last year's final. And I have to say, Newlands were very impressive in a 2-0 win over at Battersea Park in a game that I refereed. So Newlands will take confidence from that, that they can um, kind of replicate what they've already done this season. And if it comes to a head-to-head shootout against Painters with what's gone on before, I think they'll fancy their chances. It's our cup. Well, it's your cup. <laughs> it's our cup. Your name's on it as well. And, that, and, <laughs> and, and, we, and, we, and that's exactly the way we like it. I'm happy uh, to share, Andrew. I'm happy, I'm, it's always good to share. <laughs> so we, we think... With the exception of Newlands, maybe getting involved in that in that top two, um, we think that's pretty much done that division now, don't we? It is because Sporting London's and St Matthews they've conceded they've sorry they've lost five games each. The only team that we haven't spoken about who might sneak in are Ballon Badgers because they've got games in hand. So it'll be interesting if they win both the games in hand, we would be wrong to discount them from the conversation. But at the moment. I think it's preferable to have the points on the board than the games in hand. But Ballum probably won't thank us for mentioning them because maybe they want to just go a little bit under the radar. But I just want to say that we are aware of you. You've been spotted and we're watching. <laughs> the, the problem they've got is those two games in hand. We'll just put them on to 17 points, four points adrift of painters with no with it on the same game. So they'll be looking for snookers and maybe nicking a result against painters community. 
um, if they haven't played them already. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, Badgers. And I like Badgers, Andrew. I like Badgers. You do. You do. So they can't say that I don't like them. <laughs> league six. Uh, this is a nine-team league. Uh, AFC Popular Rovers sitting top 19 from 10. Uh, three losses uh, and one draw for the boys so far this season and six wins. Uh, 16 from eight is Argentina in second. Uh, UBL, CFC, old boys have 14 points from Look eight games. Look at it again. Ravens B, 14 <laughs> from seven. LMT FC, 14 from 12. Uh, a lot of games played for the LMT boys. Uh, 10 points from nine. Our Westminster Wanderers under 23s. Just sitting above the relegation zone on 10 points from seven games. Our Junction Elite thirds uh, and sitting in the relegation zone. Clapham Common with seven from seven. And Sporting South sitting bottom of the table. Three points from eight. Seven losses and one win for the boys. But Graham, between fifth place and top five points separating uh everybody i know you're looking at lmt and popular rovers having played two or three or two three or five games more than their their sort of opponents in that area uh in that title chase but that is so hard to call that one isn't it i mean you just wonder who sits down in the summer and puts these divisions together don't you i mean it's just madness (laughs) they've got this one up no this is great no this is a brilliant this is a brilliant division um if you're talking about no clear sort of Favourites in December at Christmas. It's madness. It's very good. You got away with this one. I get away with them all. Um, <laughs> no skill involved or luck or anything like that. Um, it just all happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not being funny. You could go from Junction Elite third team in seventh from 10 points to win your games in hand. All right, the goal difference. Again, I just can mention the goal difference. They're not going to overturn Poplar Rovers, but you can go from seventh to joint top. I mean, mm-hmm. that is just extraordinary. Um, Clapham Common I think should be doing better than what they're doing I think I've said that before they're quite a good side and I'm surprised they are where they are Um, Westminster under 23 is promising start and then the results have have, have started to dry up LMT I think you're right have played too many games London Ravens B are the team that I've been kind of bigging up um, because you know they were not pulling up trees to start with, but they've gone on a bit of a run, yeah. which has put them up to fourth with a few back-to-back wins, and they've got games in hand. Actually, they're in the they're in the box seat um, in terms of all of the teams there, because if you if you almost award them the three points on the games in hand yep. against Poplar and against the other teams, they are going to be, I think, it's a point clear of the other teams. So I'm just looking at their goal difference, though, Graham. There, ten ten conceded, uh, ten scored, so a zero goal difference. You know, whatever whatever you think that that does mean in Sunday League football. I know wins people win five fours and you get mad results, but look at UBL, CFC, Argentina, and Poplar. They've all got plus healthy plus um, goal differences. Just wonder if London Ravens B are a little bit susceptible, or they don't score they don't score many goals. And they're it's always different. a tight game. It's always a tight game. Fantastic. Um, if you're on the if you're on the right end of a tight game, though, and you're winning that game. That takes care of the goal difference, doesn't it? It doesn't matter how low scoring it is. It doesn't. Yeah, you're right. London Ravens and Argentina pretty much in the box seat with the games in hand. So an interesting end to the season. Um, Do we see Sporting South and Clapham Common getting out of the relegation zone? You said Clapham Common have got a bit about them. Maybe they'll put a run together uh, after Christmas. Uh, But Sporting South pretty much 
look look like they're gone. Yeah, one one win from eight. Um, if they 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 replicate that for the second half of the season, they're only on six points. So they'd be four adrift anyway, so they'd be gone, wouldn't they? Yeah. Good luck to everyone in League Six. Now on to League Seven. Nearly there, Graham. All these divisions. I don't know how we get all these divisions. I don't know where they've all come from. League Seven, Lions United top with 24 from nine. Just the one loss for the boys, otherwise flawless. Uh, South City, 21 from eight in second place. AFC Putney, 11, have 20 points from 10. ACT, Arantes United have 19 from 12. Syndicate, Graham's favourites, have 19 from 13. <laughs> it's the other South- way round. <laughs> Southwest Athletic have 15 from 12. Uh, Olympic Mayonnaise is having a, an improved season. 10 points from 10 for them, sitting in seventh. Victoria Line Velocity have plummeted to eighth place. Uh, they sit just above the relegation zone with six points from 11 games, minus 21 goal difference for the boys, the second worst in the league. Um, Barnstormers have five from eight and Peckham Cosmos five from nine. Six losses for the Peckham boys, one win, two draws, minus 43 goals. Graham, after nine games is probably the telling tale of the Peckham boys mm. season. Mm, yeah, they started off quite poorly and then they got a result. They pulled the result one week out of the bag and we thought, oh, OK, I think it was a win and a draw almost. I think they almost came back to back and you're thinking, OK, you know, points on the board. Uh, but they've revert, reverted back to type quite quickly. Um, so, yeah, they look like they're struggling, to be fair. Who are we calling for this one, Graham? Because, again, it's tight. Uh, we're looking at Lions United and South City with the games in hand on the teams below them. Uh, but not not much to sort of talk about in terms of a points lead. Lions United four points above AFC Putney eleven with a game in hand. You must you must assume that that was stretched to seven points. Do you think that would be enough for that to see them over the line? Yeah, and and I just want to pay really a tribute to all of the teams in that division. If you look, you know, we've got teams that have played 13, 12, and twelve and eleven. I mean, that really is impressive going into Christmas yeah. with the weeks that a couple of weeks that we've lost. Yeah. That could have been even more. That could have been on 14 games. I mean, that's that's some going. So my big thanks to teams in League Seven. I think that was the division early on where they really were keen to get going. So my thanks publicly to them for, for their contribution. Uh, Lions, yeah, you, you just look, they're on fire, really. 61 goals in nine games is a joke. Mm. Um, at any level, that's just unbelievable. Yeah. South City... Um, it came from kind of nowhere, but they had lots of games in hand. They're doing really well in the London Cup as well. They're into the last 16, still involved in both of the the divisional and the Marcus Lipton Cup as well. So again, five goals conceded. What a fantastic yeah, defensive record that it's is! It's incredible. It's in. I was just going to come. You must know me so well by now. That we're you, a good team. I, we. I, I feel where you're going. So I, and I nick in because it makes me look better. Ah. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Five goals in just, I mean, that's, that is extraordinary. You just wouldn't see that from any other team in any other division. Um, and they are really, they're a young team, South City. They've got lots of energy. They've got a lot of pace. You know, they've got fantastic players in midfield, real good engines who just run the game for them. And, uh, you know, they're a real pleasure to, to referee. They're a, they're a really, really good side. So the other teams have all played a lot more games. They've all beaten each other. Um, I, I think the smart money is on the top two. South City, the only team to take points from uh, London United this season. Uh, they beat them quite recently and a comfortable win at that too. It was... It, was it four it was or five? five one, six, six, one, there you go. Six, one to South City. So 
uh, that could be a real scrap to the to that title. We look forward to seeing that one. Good luck to everyone in League Seven. On to League Eight, uh, top of the division. One of the the standout teams in in the Southern Sunday this season. Rosendale Sports first, twenty four points from eight games, flawless for the boys. Twenty five goals scored. Um, ended up with a plus twelve goal difference at Christmas. The uh, the Rosendale boys, sorry. Um, they're having a flying season. Well done, boys. St. Matthew's Project B are second with 18 from 11. Mundial B have 16 from seven. They are sitting right on the shoulders of St. Matthew's Project. That is going to be a great uh, fight till the end. Uh, Ballam and Clapham Albion are in fourth with 15 from eight. Uh, Dara, FC, uh, Dara FC Reserves <coughs> have 13 from nine. Pimlico Penguins, 10 from eight. Seventh and just above the relegation zone, but East Putney with 10 from 10. Junction League fourths, not able to emulate the um, the first and second team and dominate in their league. Sadly, they're in the relegation zone, seven points from nine. Uh, and kudos, Athletic seconds. Um, I mean, how do we describe this, Graham? They're having a, they're having a shitter. <laughs> I can't say I can't I can't say that. Um, but do you know I'm what? Allowed, I hope, I'm the host. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that you've got me out of you got me out of trouble. Then um, it's it's shocking. It's one of the worst records I think I've seen in grassroots football. Really, uh, you know, just the seven goals scored. Not not a bean. Pointless. Nothing. nothing it's horrible. To, it's horrible. Nothing to, see to that, shout about. It's dreadful. We've got teams like that in other leagues where they're cons- I mean, worse than kudos second. So. Uh, but teams in Westford that are conceding eights, nines, tens, twenties uh, every season, every week, should I say? But they're playing; they're going out and still playing their football with eight, nine, ten men every week. And are any of them losing eight two, Andrew? <sighs> yeah, I mean, one team has lost eight two twice. And oh uh, no, when, I bet they love you. When I called it out, someone anonymously um, tweeted me saying, "Who would be sad enough to do a, a grassroots pod, a Sunday league podcast?" Well, me. <laughs> Well, me, <laughs> I would be. Oh, really, I love that. At really? The time, at the time of recording, Graham, we've had nearly 100,000 listeners. Oh, my God. What an absolute muppet that man is. If you've still got his Twitter, <laughs> name him, shame him. I haven't. I think it was what... like a, it was an egg with like a, with uh, loads of different <laughs> random numbers. So just a, just a burner account. to. He attack. doesn't know what he's missing. 100,000 listeners nearly, Graham. This isn't. This isn't uh, too. It's no bold. amateur outfit, is it? I mean, it's amateur in its in its sort of the way we I run it and the way I present it. But you know, we have good listeners. You Even, don't do bad, do you? You don't do bad. We don't do bad. We're helped by the the contributors. It's all about the contributors. People wouldn't listen just for me. They didn't listen just for me. So um, it's. I'm all... sure they don't listen just for me either. Truth be told, they just but want to know about the Southern Sunday League. That's it's the collective. It's the collective. As together, we're stronger than our individual sort of. Parts coming together, we are stronger, and all that. There stuff. is more than there is more that unites us than divides us. Exactly, the love of grassroots football is what unites yeah, us. Yeah. So, top of the league, Rosendale Sports—they're looking pretty comfortable. Uh, but Mundial B are going to be trouble for uh, St Matthew's Project B, aren't they? Without a doubt. Now, just to say on Rosendale, I'm happy to hold my hand up and say I never in my wildest dreams would have expected Rosendale to be in that position. It would be interesting to hear from them about whether they thought that they would be in that position. (laughs) And you mentioned kudos seconds. Rosendale were kind of that team last year when they were new into the league. So I think what this proves is get into 
the league, get yourselves established, find a little bit about what it's about. If you need then to go again in the summer, you know the level that you're playing at, you know what the expectation is, you know a little bit about the other teams, you can then go out and tailor your recruitment. And I think what Rosendale have clearly done, and they're a blueprint to any new team that's coming into any new league that are struggling in their first season, is they've taken a real step back, they've taken that pragmatic approach, and they've therefore gone out and picked what players and identified them that they need to plug the gaps. And you've seen yeah. it. It's, it's, it's fantastic work what they've done there to really turn that around. And they've gone from a really struggling team to title contenders in, in a year. So, you know, well done to, to Rosendale and Kudos. Keep your heads up, lads. You know, you've, you've played the eight games. Go and do yourselves proud and, and do the, the league and the division proud and go, and go and play the next eight games. Don't worry about the results. Take the pressure off of yourselves and just go and enjoy the game. That's what I would say. Agreed. And uh, that maybe was rude of me to say you're having a shitter, but that's how I speak and I, and I apologise. But we, we give credit to teams that go and fulfil their games and, and lose uh, in the manner that you are at the moment. That, that, for me, you could easily, well, you could easily call it a day and walk away. Um, but to be seeing your games out and playing your games in the way you are takes more credit. You get more credit for me than just throwing the towel in. So uh, good luck, lads, on that one. I think we're looking all the way down to Dara FC um, as uh, contenders for the second spot uh, with St. Matthew's Project B, uh, Graham. Dara FC with two games in hand. Similar record as St. Matthew's Project B, really, if you look at it. Um St. Matthew's project not. I think they yet. both played too many, Andrew. I think St. because it's a 16-game division. So I th- think St. Matthew's have played too many. I think Dara have played too many. I think it's between Monday LB and Ballam and Clapham Albion for my Fair money. Enough. Fair enough. I was just trying to make you were trying to make chat. it interesting, and I I narrowed the options from four down to two. I know well, that was I, bad. I mean, I mean, essentially, what you said was shut up, Andrew. Let's get on with it. I I would never say that to you. <laughs> League nine, <laughs> uh, Vauxhall Virgins sitting top of the division, 18 points from eight. Uh, well done, boys. Uh, Borussia, Borussia Battersea sitting in second place, 18 from nine. Uh, Venezia Dons, 16 from eight. Fantastic league again, this one. Uh, Brick Sustain, 16 from seven. And Deportivo La Calruña, 15 from seven. Uh, sixth place is Clapham Athletic with 11 and 11. AFC Old Town, 10 from 6. Uh, Eighth place is Larkhall City with 7 from 5. And the bottom two are Renegades with 4 from 10 and Rosendale Sports with 4 from 11. I mean, Graham, another crazy division. We're looking all the way down to Deportivo. Lacalrinha there as genuine title um, title, um, contenders. I'm looking lower than that. I'm going down to Old Town. I'm going down to seventh. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they're, they're six six games with 10 points. If they win both of them, they're into 16. Yeah, I mean, they'll be third, won't they? They'll be they're a... in the conversation. And with their results, certainly in the Cups that they've done against the other teams, Yeah, you wouldn't discount them out of that conversation. Not yet. I mean, they've obviously got pedigree. They could obviously do well against those teams above them. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to look at, I guess on that, again, you've told me to shut up. So we're, I'm happy with that. Uh, <laughs> I'll let the football do the talking. <laughs> now, again, it's a fantastic league. And at the beginning of this, this um, of the coverage with the podcast, you said that nine and 10 was a little bit, just put everyone in there and, and sort of fingers crossed to a yeah. certain extent. And it's paid off. Look at that. that. What a competitive division. Only eight points between seventh and first. 
amazing. The teams, I have to say, when we interview them, it's like, well, you know what? We don't have any vacancies in the divisions above. Generally, we put new teams in the bottom division, but these are two brand new divisions that we're adding. Can't tell you who you're going to play against. Don't know where they're going to play. Don't know the ability. Don't know the history. Literally don't know anything. So it is potluck. You're going in there. And you know what? We took a gamble and the gamble is paying off, I have to say. And the clubs are really enjoying it. They're really enjoying it. And that's all that matters, really. That is all that matters. And I mean, even the teams at the bottom, they're not a million, they're not a million miles adrift. Um, they've played more games than everyone else. Um, and perhaps conceding a few goals. Renegades, I worry for Renegades. They are probably the team there that I do worry about. Um, you know, they have non-fulfilled a couple of times, and I'm having conversations with them about what they're going to do in the second half of the season already. So whether we'll see Renegades back in January or not, I don't know. Let's hope because that will affect the table if we take their results out. So I really don't want anybody in any of the divisions to fold and we'll do all we can on top of what we've already done to keep them going. But yeah, really difficult, um, really difficult from them. And I just think they've just found it a little bit overwhelming and a bit too much at times. It's not for everybody necessarily. Are they a new team? Are they a new yeah. team? Yeah. It's, it's so hard. We've seen teams fold from other leagues, uh, arranging whether it's been a, a five-a-side or six-a-side team that's decided, come on, let's go and play uh, full sort of full-sided games uh, and that transition is a tough one. I think they get deluded, Andrew, by friendlies as well. You know, we played three friendlies, four friendlies, and it's all gone well. And, you know, it's the summer and everybody's kind of up for it. And actually, once it comes to September and, you know, the first competitive whistle goes and the first competitive ball is kicked, it's a completely different ball game to what a friendly is. You can't ever... You know, people say about grading games and stuff like that. You can't replicate that yeah. and, and into what's what's a competitive game of football when you put points or a cup next round at stake. Yep. You can never replicate that in any other game that you play. It just can't be done. Absolutely. Agreed. Uh, League again? 10. Again? <laughs> League Must 10 is Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> League, League 10, uh, St. Andrews Youth sit top. 21 points from seven. Flawless from the boys. Another standout team from the Southern Sunday so far this season. Uh, Mass Vida in second have 21 from eight, just the one loss for them. Uh, old old Ruts are third with 18 from 10. SW Lions under 23s have 16 from eight. They're in fourth. Uh, old Suttonians have, uh, are in fifth place. They have 10 from nine games. Imperial Wolf have seven from eight. Uh, International, the football Clapham, have seven from nine. Uh, South London Pekin have six from eight. And bottom of the Southern Sunday League 10 are Junction Elite Fifths. They have six points from nine games. No one adrift. They're still intact. Obviously, no one gets relegated from League 10 unless you introduce an 11th league next season. Um, Not happening. Just keeping it as it is, the structure. Not happening. We've got we've got seven vacancies as it is. We're going to fill the seven vacancies and we're going to stick with 120 team. We did a consultation with our clubs in the summer and we said, where do you want us to take this to? Do you want us to keep expanding? And they came back quite overwhelmingly and said, no, we'll go with 12 divisions. If you can get 10 in each division, maximum 120, that's the league that we want. So we are listening to the clubs. Fair enough. It looks like um, SW Lions, Old Ruts probably played a couple of games too many to be considering title hopes, Mass Vida and St Andrews flawless. Uh, it's looking like an interesting um, title race to go into the ultra-competitive uh, League 9. So it won't be much easier if whoever gets promoted from this division 
Graham. Well, if St Andrews win that division, then they're not going to League Nine. That's the that's the exclusive. I can tell you that they should be much, 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 much higher than what they were. Um, so essentially, the background to them is, you know, they played for a previous team uh, in a in a sort of former life a few years ago, and have gone out of the league and come back under St Andrews. And we were under the impression that. You know, there was going to be, you know, in the, the clues in the title of the name, a lot of youth players, but it's not turned out to be that. So they're in completely the wrong division and they should be somewhere about midway. So um, it's not a surprise to me that they are where they are. Uh, they've scored the goals that they've scored and only conceded six goals um, and causing upsets in cup competitions because, you know, they are too good. We know a lot of their players, so they will be playing a lot higher for sure next season. That's well, the exclusive Hats off to teams like Masvida then that are hanging on to making it uh, competitive for St Andrews, um, as competitive as it can be when you haven't lost the game, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's looking it's looking like a good end to the season. Still, I think what of- it might happen there though, Andrew. You know, I'm saying St Andrews essentially are going to be gone if you know it's quite close for that second place because if we're going to move St Andrews by more than one division. We do want two teams to go up to League Nine. So it's a possibility that obviously we might promote the third team in that division as well. So Fair there's enough. still a lot lot to play for. Hell of a lot to play for. So, Graham, in closing, we're just going to do the uh, stats of the goal scorers. This, we'll read through the top the top 10 goal scorers. We should do that again, Andrew, on the divisions. I think that's really, when you sit down and you break it down, there are so many stories waiting to be told, aren't there? Well, we do it. We try and do it at the end of each month. Um, but sometimes, if you remember, it, if I remember, yeah. Um, but sometimes it makes each section about an hour and a half long. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a marathon listen. But definitely, we should do an in depth um, review of the tables every sort of quarter, perhaps uh, when we get to February, March time. We'll do another in depth one like this um, and catch up with everything because that will be the real business end. Uh, mm. So we'll get involved in that. So the top scorers. In the Southern Sunday, uh, starting with the top guy, Matt Drage for um, Sporting Continental, 28 goals in 11 games. Um, Hugo said he's a bit of a legend of the league. I I assume you agree. Legend, legend is, I don't know whether I would use the word, um, infamous is probably the word that I would use rather than legend, to be fair. But uh, hello, Matt. Hope you're well. Hope, have a nice Christmas. Because um, when he is this, he'll be WhatsApping me, giving me all sorts of jip, I'm sure. Um, I wouldn't have you any other way. Please keep giving me the stick. Um, I know that you're well if you're giving me stick, so I can live with that. Uh, Chris Lee has 23 in 10, playing for Lions United. Uh, Michael Cravero for Merton has 20 goals in nine games. Absolutely superb. Good um, players, those two. Chris Lee has done it for quite a few teams in this league over a long period of time. Excellent striker, really knows where the back of the net is. He just doesn't need a sniff and bang. Um, that's in the back of the net. And Michael, good striker as well. So, yeah, good to see those two lads up there. And isn't it nice to be talking about players that are in the lower divisions and not just in the Premier Division? Yeah, I mean, we, I don't know how far we will have to go down to find the the top Premiership goal scorer, maybe a Premier Division. Clapham Rovers there by the looks of it. Clapham Rovers, yeah, ninth, 16 in 10. Uh, in fourth place is Coyote Onolaja from uh, Junction Elite Seconds with 19 in eight. Fantastic. Over a goal, over two goals a game 
is a real sign of a top-class striker. Rory Brown from Wimbledon Wolves has 17-7. and seven. Outstanding. Uh, Darius Harazi, Haravi from Poplar Rovers has 17-11. and 11. Uh, Domain Robinson from uh, Westminster Wanderers under-23s has 17-11. and 11. Uh, Hansley Sigiri from Cosmos United has 17 goals in nine games. Peter Boyd from Clapham Rovers, the first Prem Division player in the list, 16 in 10 in the top division of the Southern Sunday. No mean feat that. Well done, Peter. Uh, and 10th place, Matthew Cooper from South London, 15 in 10. Goals, goals, goals. Fantastic. Um, yeah, no, no, um, no Sellers players in there. Only one Sporting Continental player. Um, no uh, St. Andrews players in that top 10. Um, interesting, but they obviously, these teams must share their goals around a bit, Graham. Without a doubt, I've, I've refereed both Sellers and St. Andrews this year. You know, they're not all about just one player. You know, they know, you know, that they're established teams. You know, they know who they are. They know what their jobs are. You know, they're very well drilled, very well organised. And actually, they're just about being very professional and that is just getting the three points on the board. I don't think they're too fussed about individuals chasing records. I think they want team success and you can tell by both clubs the way that they've approached the season and, and gone about their business with the number of wins that they've clocked on the board. Um, you know, it is all about wins, whether it's a scrappy 1-0 or a scrappy 5-4. For them, it doesn't matter how many they score, it's about getting the three points on the board and that seems to be their clear focus of attention and if they do that in the second half of the season, then both clubs are going to have a fantastic time of it. But yeah, they've got some really talented players. And as you say, they spread goals throughout the team. And I prefer teams like that, to be fair, rather than it all be about one one player. Spread it all out. And, and ultimately, if you lose your tallies, man, um, you know, you can get yourself into trouble. But if you're getting goals from all over the pitch, I think that shows the sign of a great team. True. So, in closing, what's been the best bit about the 2021 season so far? As your, from your perspective, uh, as a league administrator and a referee on the league, so you're heavily immersed in everything that happens uh, in the Southern Sunday, um, what's been the, the major positive for you so far? So, of the season or of the calendar year? The season. Let's go of the season. Cool, that makes it difficult because you've only had, what, three or four months um, of the season. Um, I'm going to throw in a calendar year on, if you don't mind. Um, do do what I'm... you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mate. Um, let's just say that I was really proud we'd not had our cup finals for two years to kind of be deprived of Sutton United because they went up uh, to League Two and congratulations to them. They sit in an automatic promotion spot, which is a great season for them. So fingers crossed they can go again. Um, you know, we held our cup finals down in the summer down at Collier's Wood, had great attendances and, you know, new cups and new teams in finals. And that was great to just kind of see everybody again for the first time and get everyone together. I think that would probably be the highlight of, of the year. Um, we're going to go back to it in terms of the success that we had been starting the, the, the season early. I think that's that's been a huge thing, I think, for us. And then so obviously, too. and then in more recent more recent times, you know, I think it's been great. And not just because I'm on the podcast at the moment or talking to you. It's been fantastic that it's been, I think, so long for this league, which is the biggest 11-a-side grassroots men's league in London, for us to, you know, have a platform where we can really highlight some of the fantastic teams and some of the great work that we do, you know, that's a pleasure really every week to share that with you and share that with the listeners as well. So thank you for the opportunity and um, I'm really, really grateful. 
I mean, you're more than welcome. It should have happened sooner. We obviously tried to cover the league with all around the leagues. and um, But then as soon as there was a lot more interaction on social media with um, with yourself, I think, controlling the, the league account. And then we got involved got, with, with the Whistler podcast and all this. It was a simple, simple move. And uh, I've been suitably impressed that I'd like to come and try and referee on the league once a month um, from February. So um, look out for me. If you play around the Dulwich area, you're likely to have me once a month. So I look forward to uh, seeing what the league is like in, in, in the flesh. Always feel like you come from a more credible place when you actually referee on a league. So that's me refereeing on the Southern Sunday, the Alperton and Bromley, Westford and Quarter Municipal now from uh, January onwards. Um, I'll be actually be able to talk about some football in the Southern Sunday. And, and they'll uh, be able to talk about you as well. So they'll yeah, be, they'll be able to say they're going to have crap, an opportunity so. to give you some stick as well. So it's, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's always important that it's both ways, isn't it? Absolutely, mate. I'm sure you'll hear all about it. So I look forward to receiving some banter from you. So 2022, um, what's the sort of what we're we looking forward to or what's the sort of thoughts going ahead? Are we particularly worried about this COVID situation? Or I think all the reports now are saying that the Omicron is perhaps not as, although it's easier to, it seems to spread easily. It's not as devastating as, as other variants. I'm, I might be speaking out of turn, but are we are we particularly worried about losing another season at this point? Oh, I think it's long, long too early um, to say that. I think we know that it's a lot more transmissible and obviously the bigger the numbers, the more disruption potentially that that is going to cause in relation to isolations. I think that is where my concern is. I think if we can get our league games to 75% played, I think most people, as they did before, quite overwhelmingly, if we were ever pushed to a decision, you know, we've always got points per game, I think, to, to back us up. Um, cups, you know, we, we do want to get those played again. But I'm not going to take my eye off it and say, you know, the ambition still is absolutely 100% to have a fully completed cup and league season. Um, that is the aim. That is the ambition of everybody. We're all committed towards that. So I, I would be wrong if I didn't have a contingency in the back of my mind. I think that would be rank bad planning and we, we see that from our leaders so it would be a bit hypocritical of me wouldn't it to yeah. to call others out and then not kind of have a bit of a plan at, at the back of my mind um but no we we have to be focused on delivering that um fully completed league and cup season because for the good of the, the league we need the promotions and the relegations to happen next year we can't be in a position where that doesn't happen so at all costs um, and if we have to play midweek, twice a week, twice on the same day, we'll, by hook or by crook, one way or the other, we will have our promotions and relegations at all costs next year. But it is going to need flexibility, understanding, patience, perseverance and cooperation from the clubs. Everybody has got to play their part. And I know it's a bit of an old cliche, but we really are all in this together and we need each other uh, in order to fulfil the ambition. I think that's that's kind of my view. Absolutely, mate. Uh and lastly, uh, as we said at the beginning, this is a show dedicated to Bob Dixon. Um, and yeah, there's hopefully let's play out the second half of the season as Bob uh, would have seen fit. And as you say, all pull together, do your jobs properly, be efficient in what you do. And uh, hopefully it'll be a success at the end. Well said. Uh, I wish you all the very best uh, for Christmas to... Have a well-earned rest, hopefully. Um, 
and have a happy new year. And hopefully I'll be bumping into you um, not in the not too distant future uh, in a ground in, in Dulwich and uh, yeah, enjoying our football together. Brilliant. Merry Christmas to all the listeners and from everybody from the other leagues and the contributors and all of the volunteers. Thank you for all of the work that you've done in 2021. Um, we couldn't do it without the volunteers and uh, our referees. We can't have a game without our referees as well. So we really are all in this together. We all have grassroots football. We love different bits of it, but if we didn't have all the different bits, it wouldn't work. So Merry Christmas, um, have Happy New Year. And most importantly, please, everyone, try and stay as safe as you can. Absolutely, mate. Have a good one and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. So now for the quarter municipal section, the quarter municipal review, should I say? No games yesterday, but obviously the man Roger is here again to go through the season so far with the quarter municipal. How you doing, mate? Um, yeah, be- better than I was last week. Thanks, Andrew. Um, the worst of the cold is over now. Just just got this tickly cough that just I'm struggling to get rid of. But yeah, I'm doing doing not too bad. Nice one. So just the one game yesterday, well, one result that we can see on yep. Football Me Too from, for the quarter municipal teams yesterday, a big win for Spartans. Uh, they go through in the London FA Sunday Challenge Trophy. They beat mm-hmm. OBD SFL. Senior boys, uh, Farnborough old boys, 5-0 yesterday for Spartans, um, yeah. showing every bit um, that they are contenders for this for this title, this cup. Um, a mad thing to say, uh, perhaps to some. Um, but <clears throat> from what I saw in the game against the Wall, there's definite quality there, and they've showed that yesterday. Uh, against the nine-man uh, Farnborough old boys, it must be said. Uh, yep. Two red cards for Farnborough. Um in the first half, nil-nil at half-time as well, I hear. But Spartans showing their dominance and football uh, football ability against Farmer 5-0. Um, that's, that's three of the OBD SFL senior boys out of that cup yesterday. That's really opened up for Spartans now, hasn't it, Rog? Definitely, yeah. And, I, and then I think they're quietly fancying themselves to, to have, a, have a good crack at it now. Um, obviously they, they got should. to the semi-final. Obviously they got to the semi-finals of the of the I don't know whichever whichever London Cup it was last year. Yeah. Um. So, and 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 they'll be disappointed at the way they went out of that. Um. So yeah, what with the, the three you know three big boys from from the OBDSFL being being dumped out, um, um, in unceremon- unceremoniously. Um. Yeah, I think Spartans will 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 quietly fancy their chances. Absolutely, and and so they should. That's a dominant win against um, a good team yesterday uh, in yep. the London Cup. As you say, all of the the fancied teams, uh, rightly or wrongly, they are fancied. Um, they're now they're now out, especially from the local area. Now it's probably it's pretty much the unknown sides, especially to Spartans, perhaps in the quarter municipal. Mm-hmm. The unknown sides uh, left to play, uh, and some some decent away days potentially. Uh, Spartans definitely dark horses for the London. Uh, FA Sunday Challenge trophy. Well done uh, to those lads yesterday. Uh, we we did have a Surrey FA Lower Junior Cup game scheduled. Dunaway Duffers against Spitfire United. Do we know what that one was? No, I'm not too sure. I've, I've not asked. I didn't even I didn't even know that game was going ahead. To be fair, <clears throat> so um, yeah, I'm I'm too sure. And and um, Emrys hasn't said anything in the group, so either the game didn't go ahead. Um. 
or I'm going to guess they lost. I don't know, you know, because if it was me, I'd be shouting from the rooftops if I'd won. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just don't know, unfortunately. Uh, we've seen, uh, I've asked this question of uh, Graham from the Southern Sunday, and I'll be asking it of the other leagues as well. Uh, we've seen a league come under criticism for postponing the games yesterday. Um, yep. What was the what was the official line and the official um, decision? How, what what was how well, did the league come to well, their I, decision to postpone? Um, well, I tell you, we we I mean we started having um, discussions um, for, uh, first. I think it was sort of Monday, Tuesday. So early in the week, discussions would start. We, we started having these discussions that you know the uh, COVID cases were going up with this new uh, this new yeah. variant. Um, and at the time, we was like, no, let's just until we get until we hear otherwise. Um, until here, otherwise we'll, we'll we'll play and we'll go ahead and um, so we have, so I mean there was no in the group we were just discussing I mean all week that was um, and then it got to sort of sort of uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday um, then we sort of you know the cases were, I think they, at, that, at that time then they started doubling or tripling um, and we already there was at that point I think there was um, we were looking at sort of four or five games that were already going to be off. Um, mm. We've due to COVID, um, and then this we we were going to um, let teams decide if they wanted to play, um, and then it got to the stage. I mean, it was we did it was a late call. Um, I, I, I think it was a right call in the end. Um, it got to late stage where we decided, look, we're either going to we'll have a have a blanket ban, we'll have a let them play, or we or we or we or we suspend it. Um, and I think um, you know, looking at the number of cases that were that were you know that were doubling, tripling, wherever they were. Um, we decided that in the, in the interest of, of our of players, the, um, the clubs, the players, match officials as well, and, and, support, and yep. supporters, what with Christmas just around the corner, it would be unwise for us to say, go ahead and play. And then if, you know, if players, officials caught it, you know, that's them isolating over Christmas. Um, and we, we just didn't want that to be on us. So we, we took the decision to, to, to suspend play. And what with it only being one week, um, you know, it's it's. I mean, it's not loads of games potentially we're missing. So, yeah, I think I think it was a wise decision to to to, to make that call. Fair play. Was there any direction from your uh, county on the decision, no, we, or was the league basically left to make the decision themselves? We was we 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 left to make our decision, and we made. I think I think the Croydon League may have been the first league to to call its games. Yeah, um, so. and then then the day I think then. I think after Southern Sunday had made the decision, and I think there was, um, uh, I don't know, it was London FA or, or, or FA email that came out saying that, you know, basically saying, we didn't get any official any official communications from from Surrey or London or, or the FA or anyone to say, look, this is what you should or this is what you shouldn't be doing. It was just mm. basically, you know, do what you want and. It's, it's up to you so it's uh, that's mm. disappointing that it was left up to us to do that yep i think um, graham graham uh, suggested just as much that you know you're leaving these decisions to be made by unpaid volunteers that uh you know some you're not all like you're not all necessarily in jobs that are like administrative like this some people might just be a bus driver or some people yep. might be whatever job they do a teacher um, mm-hmm. These decisions should really be driven by the FA, and well done for making the decision. My, where I sit, I've said to Graham as much that for me, I would have left it up to the teams to decide. Um, but um, I think sometimes just stepping <coughs> in and making a decision 
for the players and the teams and, and everyone involved is the safest way. That The decision you made is the safest way for sure. Um, and you can't knock, can't the league can't be knocked for that. Personal, no. personally, I would have, I'd have, I would have liked I mean, the teams I, to have been given the decision. But that was, I mean, and to, and to be fair, I, I mean, I think that was that was what I said. I think I, I said that we would leave it up to teams. But I mean, I could see the flip side of that because you, some yeah. teams are going to say, "Well, I want to play." If they don't want to play, that's not that's not my fault. And then you'll get into that where teams are then start. You know, like you you don't want to play. You're scared, or you're making excuses. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get into that where you, and then you can cause a bit of resentment or a bit of bad blood. So, I felt it against my better judgment, and we probably made the, the right call was made to just say, all right, just we we'll just call it there. Have a, have an extra week. Hopefully, it's just a week, an extra week's um, break at yes. Christmas, and then we can get back to all playing um, safely in the new year. Fair enough. Again, not not having a go at any league. For making the decision it is the safest one um so fair play yeah let's get into reviewing the tables and the goal scorers for the league obviously all information on goal scorers is taken directly from football me too the i think all the stats are put in by the teams individually aren't they Roger? yeah they are yeah so they might yeah, be a yeah. bit sketchy yeah some teams forget some teams can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. right, so the, the, the goal scorers will be by the teams that can be bothered. Then, uh, well, that, yeah. If, if you if you win comfortably, I'm sure. Or if you get the wing, you're all inclined to stick it on there for your players. It's when you lose that, and I'm and I'm and I'm guilty of this. Something you want to do is relive it. Also, yeah. Unfortunately, okay. Uh, so the Michael Donovan Premier Division, uh, the league table as of. Uh, Monday, the twentieth of December, at the time of recording. This will, this show will go out on Thursday, but we're recording this section on Monday as usual. Uh, top of the pile in the Prem is PSG. Nine games played, twenty-one points from nine games. Um, Spartans are second, uh, flawless from them boys so far. Five games played, fifteen points, just the two conceded in five games, plus sixteen. Ominous from Spartans. Um, Lambeth Lions are third. Uh, Chosham Athletic are fourth. Good start to the season from the, the promotion boys. Uh, Addiscombe Casuals, yep. strangely sitting quite low in the. In, you'd think their good form lately uh, would be would mean they're higher, but I think they've had some cup wins, haven't they? They have yeah, a couple of cup. I don't know, it's two or three cup wins. Yeah, um, don't let's not forget they had a terrible start. To, I think they at first they lost their first couple of games, so they had a bad start to the season. And um, yep. yeah, they're turning fortunes over the last sort of month and a half has uh, sort of kicked them up the table. And um, yeah, they definitely turn their fortunes around with casuals. Uh, Bosjam are fifth, mm-hmm. uh, sixth, should I say? Uh, they are. They are. They have seven points from six games. Quirden JFC don't ever seem to play any games. We don't see them on the uh, on they've the fixtures very often. Yeah, they've not played for a long. Maybe they've upset Russell. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three points from five games for title hopers in the summer. Uh, Quirden JFC and yeah. um, bottom yeah. of the pile sit uh, struggling. Sardisted one point from eight. Don't forget they were Div Two champions uh, last season, thrust into uh, the Prem Division. Um, after the side said that were there last season, took a relegation into Division One, and then the club split. Uh, tough ask for the side yeah. of uh, Any yeah, any yeah. surprises in there? 
Rog. Um, um, we definitely expected Quirt and JFC. To yeah, be no, I think that's the that's the surprise. That's the biggest surprise for me. JFC being um, sort of languishing in, in the second bottom. Um, you know, they've had they have had a couple of good results, but um, it just sounds like that they they can't get a player to turn up for an early kickoff. Um, and they just can't seem to find any sort of any sort of momentum or form. Um, other than that, you'd Chelsea have, have 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 you know adapted to life in the top division well after they yep. was they was moved up um, probably before their time. Yep. Um, so they, they've they've you know they've they've taken it to like a duck to water, and I think they'll be more than happy with the start they've made. First I tell you what, if someone had if someone had said to Chelsea in in August. When it gets to Christmas, you're going to be two points behind Lambeth Lions in the tar- in the tar- in the league that, um, at Christmas time. They just said yes, please. That's a of fantastic course, yeah, season for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they'll be delighted with that, and I'm, I'm sure they'll look at the second, you know, the, the, after the new year, the second half of the season as, as, as a time when they can really sort of push on and you know make maybe maybe make a challenge for the for the for the third spot because you know maybe top two is a bit out of the question now but you know, there's no reason why they can't you know finish finish third and and that, and that, that class as a successful season for them yeah i mean there's eight teams so that means there's how many games 14 14 games to play Chelsea halfway through their season yeah i would agree i think they're a surprise package i think we expected psg spartans and lambeth to be the top three so that's that's just going to be um, I think that would stay as it is. Uh, but Chelsea definitely punching above their weight this season. Well done, boys. Uh, Addiscombe Casuals, we can see them coming up um, on the rails. Uh, they're just on the yeah. shoulder now, picking up good form. Um, Sunderstead, we hope, can can get regroup and get going in the new year because they have been given a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, what's the word? A rubbish deal, it has to be That's, said. Yes. A, tough, a tough ask. Um, but yeah, good um, a good season. Boz Jam, we think, could just be sitting in that position for the rest of the season? I th- Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and I, I just think there's teams are a bit worse than them this season, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately for them. They may avoid relegation from not being the yeah. worst. Um, so the top goal scorers, again, must have put a little asterisk, asterisk next to this. This is from the teams who bother to put their yeah. goals in. So top goal scorer in the Michael Donovan Premier. Uh, B. Mizzen from Chelsea Athletic, seven goals in seven games. Well done, uh, Steve Lewington. Yes, it, yeah. Steve. Uh, Steve PSG, yeah. eight goals in six games. Uh, Morton from PSG, six goals in six games. And Joyce from PSG, five goals in five games. Perhaps showing PS- why PSG are top of the division. Four of the three of the top four um, strikers. Um, oh, goal scorers, sorry, coming from PSG. Uh, Cheek from Spartans has four goals in three games. I think he's the number 55 that I spoke about glowingly last week. Superb player, uh, really good. Uh, Dunn from Lambeth Lions um, has four <coughs> goals in two games. Uh, so that's the top goal scorers for Division 1. Uh, in For Prem Division, sorry. In Division 1, the very competitive yeah. Division 1. Um, yeah. Top of the pile, MMFC, nine games played, 21 points, um, seven wins and two losses. Uh, MMFC well past their the halfway mark in terms of fixtures. Five, games, got five games left. Five games left. Uh, Sinister <laughs> JFC, seven games played. Yeah. 
<laughs> it might be a, it might be the case that, that that they're in a good place getting all these games played if we do have yes. a, some kind of lockdown or or the, or the games are stopped yeah. through January. Is, they could be laughing. This is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinus and JFC second with 16 points from seven games. Woodside up to third place, uh, 11 points in nine uh, games. London Warriors, new boys, have nine points from six. Cobbs have nine points from six. Southside Blues, seven points from six. Uh, Saha, 11, second from bottom, three points from four. Not many games played, it must be said. Um, and goal difference, uh, that will clear up when it rods that goal difference. And Huxley Guard sitting bottom one point from seven. Uh, Rods, that's not how you expected the season to be at Christmas. <clears throat> it's it's not known. Um, uh, yeah, we've been unfortunate with some of our games not being played. That being said, we've just, um, you know, we had a good start to the season, beat Woodside, but after that, we've just been, we've just been pouring, I think our cut runs has sort of, sort of saved us a little bit. Um, but yeah, we're definitely looking to, to restart and go again in the new year and um, we need to be better than what we have been and that's for sure um but i think if you look at the points you know we are if we can if we win our games in hand then we are just on the coattails of of mmfc so there's still all to play for we've got to play mmfc again we've got to play jfc again um so there's still a lot to play for um we just need to be better than what we have been so that's where you're looking. Are you you're looking at them too, rather than looking to to get above the Woodsides and the London Warriors? Yeah, yeah, you're looking at right at the top. I, yeah, I think we have to be. Um, you know, we we we've got it within us to to be be challenging. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't look like it at the moment, but we have got it in us to be challenging, and we should be challenging. Um, obviously, we've got to get got we've got to win them games in hand first. But um, there's no reason why we can't. Um, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be shouldn't be pushing Sanders Sid and MMFC sort of all the way. Hopefully. So goal the goal scorers for division one. Uh top of the pile is uh, Roden from Woodside. He has nine goals in eight games. Uh Adai from MMFC, seven goals in six. Uh Yuhu from MMFC has five in three games. Um, Betson from Huxley Guards, bottom of the table with a top um, goal scorer uh, in their midst. Mm. Betson has four goals in five games. Um, Simpson from uh, Sinus to DFC has four goals in six. And <clears throat> Amari, you've got to give him a shout out as he's on the list. Amari, <laughs> <laughs> Amari has four goals in four games from MMFC. Nice to see him back amongst the goals after a horrendous uh, injury um, and recovery. So well done, Amari, for uh, for that. He's having a good season. So Division Two, he is. Uh, Alba United sitting top, uh, twenty six <laughs> points from eleven games. Uh, they haven't got much more football to play either. Uh, Dynamo Duppers second in the division, twenty two points from nine. Uh, it's not over. They win those games in and Roger, and that is uh, that is very open that division. Uh, yeah, South Sea Wanderers. 19 from eight, very much still involved. Kaizen, mm-hmm. 15 from seven. I mean, it's wide open. This this is mad. Uh, Union, 13 from nine. So, uh, South London Royals, seven points from nine. Not being, uh, not the whipping boys this year, South London Royals, enjoying themselves a bit more, I imagine. Um, gold coaching, six points from eight. Addiscombe Corinthians, 
three points from six, barely kicked a oh, ball. How they're not bottom, I'll never know. Just... <laughs> it's goal. It's only goal difference because KFC are, are um, have minus sixteen. They're three points from eleven games. So Addiscan Corinthians have been giving out home. Uh, they've been giving away wins to their opposition all season. They've played six. They've had six league games. Um, they've won. They've managed to win one game, but lost five. But obviously, they're not getting the goals against because they're just giving walkovers away. Um, oh, seems a bit unfair to me. Genius by Golden. Genius. Albo <laughs> <laughs> uh, United, new boys to um, Division Two, uh, kind of catching the eye uh, and really uh, looking looking quite good. Uh, obviously, goal scorers. Uh, that title race, Rog. Where where do you sort of include it down to? Kaizen Kaizen up really, and it's it's very I, much still yeah, on, I, isn't it? I'm kind of thinking that Kaizen. I know they've had a problem with players in a few games. I I, I think they're they're. I don't think they'll they'll run it through. I think they'll they'll fall off. I think it's going to be the top three teams. Um, who's going to win it? It's, you come in at the moment. You're just, you're just going to flip a coin, and you could probably say any one of the three. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really good watch to see. I mean, I, I want to go down and see one of the Abo games because they've been a breath of fresh air into Division Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they've come out all guns blazing. They, you know, they concede goals, but they, what's they the score feedback on them? What's the feedback on Albo? Disciplinary wise, exemplary, uh, good, good club, good with their admin, all that stuff. Um, it seems like yeah, I mean, much I've, wrong. I've, not, I've not heard much mentioned about them, so you know, in that, okay. in that sense, they must be doing, they must be doing okay. Um, you know, teams, other teams, other managers speak highly of them. Um, yeah, to just you know, they just 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 seem like a good good bunch of lads, a good team, well organised, well looking. They've obviously got some talented players in there. Um, yeah, I, I imagine if their admin wasn't good, I would have heard about it. Um, yeah. Gordon would have been chasing them with, with, with fines. So, yeah, you know, enough, I can't speak highly enough of them. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can get a week off at some point in the new year and get down and go and watch one of their games and see if, if they are as good as they, they make out to be. Uh, South Sea Wanderers have three games in hand on Albo. If they win all of those, they would go top by a point. So this is going to mm-hmm. be exciting. An exciting race uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, we expect KFC uh, and Addiscombe Corinthians to be <coughs> the fodder in that division, sadly. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, and, and then the guys in the middle. I think Kaizen will be will be the best of the rest. Um, yep. And then Union. I think Union will probably... I don't know. I think they should. They can. They can stay. They've had a decent start to life in, in the Croydon League. Um, yeah. I know Jesse's been a bit disappointed. That, you know, they've their players have. His players have let him down at times with, with availability. Um, and I think they went through a sticky patch where they where they went on the sort of losing run. But they're sitting, sitting mid table, um, you know, comfortably. So yeah, they can they can take some heart from it as well. Um, and I, I don't think they're going to be good enough to challenge the top three, like I said. But yeah. Finishing sort of four, uh, fourth or fifth in your first season is 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 a good effort. Agreed. An unknown, a complete <laughs> unknown for the Union boys going into the season this year. Yeah. Uh, top goal scorers in Div Two: uh, Hart from South Sea Wanderers, twelve in eight. Uh, Ward from South Sea Wanderers, eleven in four. Unreal. Uh, Mayer <laughs> from Dunroe Duppers, nine in seven. Atkinson from Albo, six from two. Um, and Blade from Gold Coaching, six from four, mm. as is Isaberry from Albo United, six in four. A few players there on six on four. Mun and Nuosu 
uh, from KFC and Kaizen respectively on six in four games. Um, for the goals, elbow score, Rog, they seem to share the goals around. Only what, two uh, players yeah, there in the top list. I thought, I, 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 before we looked at this, I would have said, you, if you'd have said who's, who's, who's going to have a top score, I would have said um, an elbow player. But um, yeah, it just looks like they're just sharing the goals around. Um, yep. Which is good. Not having not not being overly reliant on on one one man to score your goals is is a good thing. Yeah, well done, boys. Into Div Three, the best division the best, in the yes. Municipal. <laughs> uh, Div Three, ten team league. Uh, Sorry, Park Rangers now sitting top. Um, they have a twenty four uh, points from ten games, uh, no losses yet for the Surrey Park Rangers boys. Uh, Addington United sits second, 22 points from nine. Uh, they, of course, would go top if they win their game in hand. Uh, South London Royals Reserves having a great season, 20 points from 11 games. Uh, Santola fourth with 19 from nine. Uh, FC 25 next uh, with 14 from nine. Souls with 14 from eight. Fulton Heath Rangers, new boys, nine from eight. Croydon United, Nine from 11. Uh, great turnaround recently for the Quirden United boys, it must be said. Uh, three points from seven games. Sit uh, uh, Chosham Athletic Reserve, second from bottom and bottom of the division. No points from 12 games. You're nearly done, uh, goal coaching. Not too much football left for you guys to play. Uh, mm. No games from 12. They are they're the whipping boys, goal coaching reserves, aren't they? Yeah, they are, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. Um, yeah, con- conceding, conceding lots of goals, not scoring, not scoring many. I think what's that? Uh, less than a goal a game, yeah, for them. So, yeah, less than a goal a game and conceding it's about six. But, um, you know, they, 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 they're playing every game, yeah, um, which can be a lot, of, you know, a lot can be said about that. Um, you know, and as we as we've said many times on the podcast, um, they've just got to look at the likes of Addington United um, and now Croydon United. Um, results can turn in your favour if you if you if you just keep putting the hard work in and keep trying to do the right things, and eventually a result will go your way. Um, Indeed, just to discuss the it. Uh, are we discounting South London Royals reserves for the title, being that they played those couple of games more than Addington and Surrey Park Rangers? <laughs> think so um i mean I, I i don't think they've played the top two twice yet um so there's still a slight glimmer of hope but you they're hoping that Surrey park range and Anderson both slip up and going on form with the first half of the season you just can't see it happening so yes it's it's a two horse race um seemingly who's going to come top though is it's going to come i think i'll go i think that's going to go right down to the wire this one as well division 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 three I'd like to That's see Addington it. United. I'd yeah, love best, to see The Addington best thing United. that could happen is Addington get a win against Surrey Park Rangers in the next game that they play. And then, yeah. it, then it is really on. Then it is, yeah. Or, or, hang on, hang on. So <laughs> if Addington win their game in hand, they've got 25, so one point. Yeah, that would be fantastic if if they can get a result um, against Surrey Park Rangers. Uh, sorry, Surrey Park Rangers, we're unashamed. Uh, Addington United fans on the on the podcast after the season they've had of recent years. Yep. Um yeah, that's going to be a fantastic run in. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think we can we can include anyone else in that title race. Sorry, John and the boys at South London Wars Reserves. Perhaps if Addington or Surrey Park Rangers have a bad run of form, 
um, the way South London Royals reserves have been going this season, they could capitalise and nick and nick that second place. That might be good enough for promotion for them this season. Yeah, I, I think so. Like I said, it's it, it, you know you look at that they, they're having it. They're having a good season. Um, um, but you've just the, the top two teams, Surrey Park Rangers and Anderton, are just they're just having a very good season. Um, unfortunately yeah. for so it's South South London Royals reserves. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to hold up and say, hold your hands up and say, you know, we've 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 had, we've had a you know a good season or we've tried our best, but unfortunately, there are two better teams than them in the league this year. Um, yeah, there's no reason why they probably couldn't nick second if if they if they were to win their return fixtures against Surrey Park and Addington, and maybe they slip up. But yeah, it's looking like a foregone conclusion for the top two. Um, yeah, like we said, who who comes out on top is, yeah, anyone's guess at the moment. They can't be promoted anyway, of course, the South London Royals Reserves boys, as it stands, because their first team is in the league above. So uh, I don't know, what, maybe they'll swap the teams around next season by name, by a player only, obviously. Uh, maybe they'll have another, go, they'll have a go in Division Two. Who knows? It's, uh, mm. Exciting season now in Div Three. Uh, well done to all the teams. Um, the goal scorers, the first, the top goal scorer, Bennett from Surrey Park Rangers having an absolutely lovely old time of things at the moment. Twenty goals already this season for Bennett. Twenty goals at Christmas uh, in nine games. Well done, sir. That is absolutely prolific in any mm. level of football. You play. You need this. You need these strikers. He is firing Surrey Park Rangers at the at the halfway mark to the title. Mm. Well done, sir. Uh, so uh, Fortney Rangers um, have a striker, K. Powell, sitting with eighteen goals in six games. Um, perhaps reliant on Mr. Powell a little bit. The the, the Thornton Heath Rangers boys, as, as the table shows us. Um, FC Twenty Fives Baus has ten games, ten goals in eight games. Uh, D. Duncan from Addington has 10 goals in six. Uh, Agpa Haneta from uh, Addington United. Did I get yeah. that right? I, 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 I never tried to pronounce it. I, I know him as Omar. He used to play for me um, a few years ago, back when I was when I was a Shirley manager. Agpa Haneta. Um, Agpa Haneta. Sorry, sir, if I've mispronounced your name. Has nine in four. Uh, a top player by all accounts. Um, verified by, by Roger. Um, Constant from FC25 has nine in six. Obviously, some goals in, in FC25. And the Silver Frere from Santola, nine in seven. Some good goals uh, there. Obviously, Fortin Heath Rangers league position of oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. And they're relying on, on their striker heavily. 34 yeah. goals uh, only for uh, Fortin Heath. And they go, one of their players has scored half of those, obviously. <laughs> if he doesn't play, perhaps that's why they don't win. Yeah, this is, yeah. So when I go back to my comment earlier on, where you yeah, over reliant on one player, then uh, it's not always a good thing. So, yeah. They've played eight, they've played eight league games. Mr. Powell's only played, has played six of those. Um, so, obviously, um, yeah. <coughs> Maybe perhaps, perhaps um, over reliance on one player is a problem. So, that's the league tables and the goal scorers reviewed. Roger, just a quick question, a quick, a quick couple of questions before we go. Got there in the end. Yep. Um, looking back at 2021, the season so far, what's what's been the, the sort of overriding positive for the Quarter Municipal League um, so far this season? Um, I think it's the fact... Um, 
for me, I'd say just the, the you know, we've, we've had an, an, a fair few number of new teams come into the league. Um, and, and you know, a few of them have been, have been um, a lot of breath of fresh air, Albo, um, you know, Albo United, probably the standout, standout new team. Um, and you've got a lot, you know, you've got teams like Addington United that have, for years, for the last, I don't know, two, three, four seasons, yeah. you know, barely picked up a, a run of wins, and now all of a sudden this season they're they're they're, they're flying, yeah. um, you know, and that just goes to show that, you know, you, you stick at it long enough, you know, it doesn't if you, it's for the likes of Chelsea Athletic reserves and goal coaching reserves at the moment, you look at that, you, you can be bitten, get, getting beat every week if you if your players are turning up, if you keep keep sticking at it. Keep keep working hard to keep trying to do the right things, and eventually, um, eventually your fortunes will will turn and and you'll get some results. Um, Definitely a positive for twenty twenty two. Then, what's what, what's the outlook? I mean, I know at the moment, sadly, we could be we could be looking at at least a short sort of circuit breaker type um, stoppage or or lockdown, however you want to call it. Um, but do you think the league's in a good place to deal with that? Um, in 20, for 2022 and we could get this season finished? I think so. Um, you know, a lot of clubs have been accommodating, you know, we, there's a there's a referee shortage as well at the moment, which which a lot of leagues are, are struggling with. Yeah. Um, and to, to, to credit to the to the teams in the league, you know, I think most teams have played at least one sort of 12-30 kickoff. I mean, mm-hmm. every team seems to be accommodating with that to help with referees. Um yeah, I think I think we're in a good place at the moment in the Croydon League. I said there's it, a lot of leagues are competitive. I think most leagues are competitive. There's not apart from probably one most leagues. There's there's not one team that's going to run away with every division. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some real there's looks like there's real quality throughout all the divisions as well now, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we're in we're in a the Croydon League is in a in a healthy place at the moment. Good. Uh, I thank you very much, mate, for all of your work so far this season. It looks like we. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to have at least two weeks off, I think. It, it, it may be prudent for people to come back, uh, not on the 9th of January. I think that's a County Cup weekend. So I think that could be it's a nice it, yeah. little test. That could be a nice test for um, for all of this COVID stuff coming back. Perhaps we'll see the league starting again Sunday the 16th. I think it seems sensible uh, at the moment. Um, thank you very much for, your, for all of your work so far on the podcast. Again, fantastic. Uh, I wish you and your family all the very best. Um, over Christmas, stay safe, and I'll see you hopefully in Silk Towers in the new year. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All the best, mate. <laughs> Cheers, Andrew. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. So now the section for Westfar, uh, the results from yesterday, uh, a successful day for Westfar, 100% win record in the Kent Cup, I believe it was, uh, Sydney Sports of the OBD SFL losing 6-4 to New Cross Rovers in the Kent well, Sunday Junior Cup. Yeah, well done. That was a great win for Gibbs, wasn't it? Definitely a great win for them, to be fair. They've had a few, few up and down results of late, so um, to beat an established side like Sydney, that's a great result for them. Very good win. Uh, well done to the boys. Their, their gaffer goes on holiday and they start getting some results. Yeah, you got to look at Mike for that. I think he was in goal when he was losing as well. So you got to look at his uh, his butterfingers, didn't you? 
<laughs> you have sadly he has to look at himself long and hard whether he's got a future on the pitch for the club uh, that's that's for sure uh, we know keepers are hard to come by but they must have been desperate to put him in the sticks wheat dog your vicious tongue <laughs> oh is your mic working tonight Gibbs no it's not it's a phone check Oh, phone check tonight. Yeah, Gibbs is recording from the other side of England, the eastern side tonight. of England. Phone check uh, thanks for thanks for giving us a, a call tonight. So the fixtures. All up, first before we um, get into the the, the league uh, review, actually, Gibbs. Um, I know you've got sort of you like the committee, and and I'm not. I know you're not going to try and. Um, be negative about it but what you you've got obviously a foot in either campaign in the podcast so you're quite a good person to ask this question to how was this what was the sort of reception for the postponement of the fixtures this weekend of the westford competitions anyway how did that go down sort of across the board um i never heard any negativity towards it to be fair um from my point of view i know people's safety has to come first um, and I know a few teams did have COVID issues and um, had to postpone games. I mean, our game being one of them, I think Old Fortronians had a, an outbreak within their team. But, um, I mean, the committee is, is is second to none. They're always there to help. But I think in this instance, my I know they got a lot of responsibility and it's easy for looking on the outside in. I think my point would have been um, if both teams choose to play and the referee's happy, um, let the fixture be played um, yeah. as it was maybe in the Alperton and Bromley type thing. Um, but I, I do get the, the side from both though, that, the, that they was putting the, the, the health and safety first of people um, West far. And I do get it from the other side where obviously if teams wanted to play, they should have, they should have been allowed to play. Yeah. But, I um, think I'm with you on it that I think at, firstly, I'd have liked the teams to have had the choice but I think the choice that the league has made is obviously the safest one. So let's let's make that let's make that clear first and foremost. Obviously, the, the safest thing to do is to cancel the games. Um, just for me personally, I know we sort of saw each other briefly yesterday at a game. Um, I think the, the clubs really should have should have had the, the overall choice. But I acknowledge that the safest choice was the one that the league took. So um, it's hard to hard to disagree with what they've done, but. If the teams did want to play and there were referees available, I certainly would have had a game. I certainly would have done a game yesterday myself. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know it's, it's not the, the be-all and end-all, but I mean, towards the end of the season, there's going to be a bit, probably a fixture pile-up again and double-headers. And I think if there was a, a Sunday there that people were allowed to play, kind of why take it away if both teams were happy to play? But again, I do understand that the right thing to do may have been to postpone it just to keep people safe and and in the long run, probably people appreciate it. Maybe having a like a, a Christmas with their family, whereas if they would have caught something um, like caught the bug, or um, they they might not have been able to. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, again, I'm trying to see it from both sides. Pers- my personal fault is is obvious. I've said it on a on the other recordings as well, but. Um, I know the safest option was taken, so uh, you have to you have to respect the league on that one definitely. Uh, so into the divisions, uh, starting with the Supreme Trophies and engraving Premier Division. We will just run through the, the, the positions of the teams and the points and the games played, and have a little bit of a of an analysis on on where the teams are and if, if they're sort of meeting expectations or could do better. Gibbs, can you so see me now? Yeah. Can it? Can I what? Can you see me now? 
Uh, no, I can't see you. <laughs> I can I can see you now. No, I can't see you, mate. Your screen's not on. Everything shiny. <laughs> My head is shiny. Sorry, it's, it was freshly shaven uh, yesterday. Uh, so in the Prem Division, top of the pile, under the radar, 12 points from four games. The perfect start for the uh, under the radar boys. Second in the table, 10 points from four games is Bayswater. Uh, nine from three, Borden Sports A, the perfect start for them as well. Good start from Billy and the boys. Uh, um, I didn't realise they, they'd not lost a league game. Uh, interesting. Uh, six points from five is Meridian Sports in fourth. Uh, fifth place is Spring Hill. Seven games played, four games, uh, four points from seven games. Jam have three points from three games. We'll get on to them in a second. Uh, Ball Tarks, one point from two games. And Mildeen, bottom of the league, one point with four games. Gibbs, I think... Apart from Jam, I think looking at that, everyone's doing perhaps as I expected. Jam, only the one win from three games. That's a that's a bad start for them. Well, we've got to know that they're a they're a top side in the Prem Division. That's a disappointing start, would you say? Yeah, possibly for them. But um, I mean, who have they who have they played? Um, I, I think. Uh, so looking at they've it, played, I mean, they've played Borden Sports A. Eh? Bayswater and uh, Meridian Sports. So they've won, they've beat Meridian, but then they've lost to the team in second and third. So when you look at it like that and break it down, it's not, it's not like, um, it's it's not like they've lost to maybe the teams around them. They've lost to the the, the top three teams. So it's two out of the top fair three. Point. Fair enough. Fair enough. I stand corrected. So I would say uh, maybe give Jam a bit of a break, Wheat Dog. <laughs> no, you try not to upset Phil these days, don't you? Well, <laughs> not me, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Mildeen and Bulltark's making up the bottom two. Obviously, Bulltark's promoted um, with Meridian Sports last season from Division One. Uh, a big step up for um, Bulltark's. But did we expect them to be doing a little bit better? Uh, yes, but I mean, they've only played two league games. Obviously, they... They had an incident, I suppose, against Meridian, um, where that stopped him from playing football. That stopped him from playing football. So it's it's a tough one, uh, a tough one for them. I mean, a draw and a loss. I think people were expecting a bit more, but they've still got a lot of games to make up, and they've still got to uh, play the top sides. So I mean, they did beat Borden in the cup recently, didn't they? So yeah, I think they're going to give any, anyone a game at. Um, at, at Thamesmead on the AstroTurf when they play. So I wouldn't, again, I think there's been so many cup games that some of these um, sides haven't played a lot of league games. So it might be a bit misleading. True. We need these we need these games to start equaling out, don't we? Yeah. And then um, I think we'll have a better, better uh, idea of how it's going to finish. Uh, in the Happy Bellies, Calf and Grill Senior Division, uh, Chris Elliott's favourite calf to eat. He always tries to get a free breakfast out of them, doesn't he, by saying how good they are. <laughs> he loves a brickie, that guy. <laughs> uh, in the senior division, Northern Eagles sit top. 16 points from six games. No losses for the for the Northern Eagles. Good start from them. Uh, Metro yeah. Gas are flawless. 12 points from four games. Uh, Greenwich Elite sit in third. 10 points from five games. Just a one loss for the Greenwich boys. Definitely the best team in Greenwich at the moment. Uh, Granite have 10 points from seven. Uh, 
Burridge Blues, nine from seven. Uh, Blackford and Eriff sitting sixth with seven points from eight games. Started to look like they were going to have a better season this year, but the form was really dropped off uh, for the Blackfen boys. Um, Rising Talents have six points from five and Barnhurst six from six, a recent change in management, and we may see them climb the table. Um, three points from two game league games for New Cross Rovers, um, doing really well in the County Cup, a really good win that really opens up the jaw for them uh, this this Sunday. Uh, and no points from four games for Sporting Club Vista. It's such an even league, this one, Gibbs. It's really hard to pick anyone out, but Metrogas and Northern Eagles, obviously the early pace setters, both unbeaten at Christmas. Not a bad start for them. I think in that league, I think anyone could beat anyone on a given Sunday. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got to look at Metrogas and, and what they're doing. And um, I think people are starting to take note of them as well. Um, that that they're a good side and they could uh, they could beat teams as well. But Northern Eagles after the season last year, I mean a lot of, they got they deserve a lot of praise as well. Um, Definitely. For keep going and um, and they're getting their rewards. Obviously top of the league at the minute, um, which is which is good. Um, Vista at the bottom is a little bit of a surprise for me because I did hear some uh, some good reviews about them in the in in the summer. So um, to see them where they are is is a little bit of a, a little bit of a shock. Um, I mean, it's such a competitive division that they're, they're all very good sides. You couldn't actually pick a, a team out of that division and say, yeah, they're the weak links because I think everyone, like I said, anyone gets their players out. I think they'll beat anyone on any given day. Then you've got the Barnhurst and the Burridge in there. I mean, New Cross are a very good side as well. Granite, it's no easy game. It's just, um, it's a very competitive division. Very tough division. It's a good one. It's a very good division. Hopefully, We'll get two or three teams out of that to go into um, the uh, Prem Division next season, hopefully two minimum, uh, and Northern Eagles and Metrogas definitely in the driving seat to do that. Um, you at could probably the moment, get four or, five of them, four or five of them teams in the Prem next year, to be fair. Yeah, we don't. I mean, the, the, at the minute, what's the, the Prem Division is is still eight, eight teams. Eight. You, probably, you probably don't want to relegate anyone from the Prem Division for next season just to maintain that. Just to yeah. maintain it, get two more up from from the senior. I don't know if any other but then teams you're banking, would come across. You're, then you're banking on no one folding up there as well, or no one well, maybe moving. Do you know what I mean? True. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we can get the integrity back into the Prem Division because it has lost a bit of its shine this season, sadly. Uh, in Div One, uh, the Danson Property Services Division One. Top of the pile, Crayford Arrows, 17 from eight. Very good side. Uh, Red Velvet have 11 from five. They sit in second place. Southeast Athletic are third with 10 points from seven. Uh, the Bandits sitting in fourth. Uh, good start to the season for them. Uh, it's been mixed, but they were. Eddie was worried about jumping straight into Division One, but they are holding their own. Nine points from five. Uh, three wins, two losses. Uh, AFC Shine, eight points from seven. Uh, Crayford Athletic, four points from two. Uh, Elton Rovers, four points from five. After such a great start to the season, especially in the Cups, Elton Rovers' season is falling over badly. Metro Massive started well. They're tailing off now as well. Four points from seven. Uh, Footscray Lions, three points from four. And Lasso Solid Crew, currently shown still on the table, but their results have been taken off. They have folded. Um, Gibbs... This is looking like um, Red Velvet and Crayford Arrows really are um, the favourites 
Uh, Red Velvet with a lot of football to play, but no losses yet for them in Division One. Um, Crayford, Crayford Athletic, sorry, have only played two games. Um, it's a bit mad that we still got teams. We've got teams in December only having played two league games. I must say. Yeah, I know. Um, I think obviously the two at the top are kind of setting the pace, um, and the other teams around them, I think, are all kind of beating each other and nicking points off each other. I wouldn't be surprised to see Red Velvet go on and win that league. Um, very strong side. Um, but then I wouldn't be surprised to see Borden go on a little run and, and, and pip in at, um, as runners-up. And I mean, Crayford Arrows have had a, a good start to the season as well. Sorry, nearly crashed into the back of someone there. Um, Crayford Arrows have had a, a good start to the season, so you can't rule them out. It's, I think that would be my top three. Borden... Crayford and Red Velvet. I think Red Velvet will nick the lead, though, to be fair. Borden Sports, if they win uh, the Bandits, if they win their games in hand, of course, they would go top by a point. Uh, and Red Velvet, if they win their games in hand, sorry, they would be the top team. They would have nine points. They would have nine more points, which puts them on 20. Borden Sports win their games in hand. They would go for 18. So at the minute, Red Velvet looking like um, looking like the, uh, the form boys are winning these games in hand is the important part. And again, it's quite a competitive league. You've got from sixth to ninth at the moment, uh, split by one point. That one, the relegation places in that division could go to anyone. Really good divisions below uh, the Premier League all the way down. They're all competitive. Uh, in Div 2, uh, Forza Greenwich sit top, 13 points from six. Uh, Alpington Eagles having a much better season. Gibbs, I know you like... Um, you know, Lee and the boys down there and Arthur, uh, 13 points from six. So nothing in it, just goal difference, keeping uh, Forza Greenwich top at the moment. Uh, Eltham Lions on the shoulders of both for uh, 12 points from five, just one point off. Crocodile, 10 points from five. So a little bit of work to do um, by Crocodile. But if they win a game in hand and with some snookers, they will go top as well. So such a close division. Uh, Falconwood Reserves in fifth with nine points from seven. Kingfisher, seven points from five. A little bit of a disappointing season for them um, so far. Two losses, two wins and a draw. Shows a bit of consistency, I guess. Um, seven points from six are Phoenix Knights. Junior Reds, Athletic, not having a great time this year. Four points from six. Uh, Woolwich 90 are back. And we're glad to see it, but they're struggling this year. Three points from four games. And Advent Mighty Royals, that jump up. Um, this season for Advent, Advent Mighty Royals looking like a little bit of a, a struggle, Gibbs. They are no points from four games. They did take a hell of a jump and it's been a massive progress for them this season, but they're not enjoying their league games at all by the looks of it. No, and I, I do feel a bit for them because they took the they took the risk. They they stepped up probably, what, four or five divisions maybe after it yeah. all got um, uh, like resorted. And um, I would have liked to have seen them pick up some results and um, enjoy their football, but uh, four losses from four is um, it's it's not great for them, and you just hope maybe they can have a, set, a better second half to the season. I'm not sure if it's been player reliability, but I think uh, looking on their results sometimes it's kind of like they got that 12 men, 13 men. So I don't know if it's reliability or injuries, but the top five in that division, I think when you go down to four, fours are to to Falconwood. Not ruling out Kingfisher, but those top five there, could, any one of them could win that league and they're all very, very good sides. It's good to see Forza having a good, a good season and same as uh, Alpert and Eagles. Eltham Lions, we've always been fans of and give them lots of props. Crocodile, yeah. well, we said last week that um, 
they could we you wouldn't bank against them on winning the Kent Cup um, and uh, Falconwood reserves. You, I can't I kind of feel with them. You don't know what team you're going to play on the day. So I, um, it, it's a very competitive division and probably one of the most um, open and. Uh, Again, when teams can take points off each other that you, that you look out for, whoever wins that league come the end of the season will have uh, will, will have deserved it. Yeah, I think um, I think well, I, for me personally, I think looking at looking at Falkenwood reserves, I'm discounting them in the title chase this year. No disrespect, words, but I think they've played the most games in the division. Uh, I can see Crockenhill and Elton Lions getting their games in hand on Forza and um, Alberton Eagles. One, I think they're too strong, and that will just leave. Um, that would just leave Falco with a little bit off the pace um, with the games played. So um, I'll discount them, but I think the top four, that's going to be an exciting an exciting running now. Three points separating the four teams. So um, this is going to be a good uh, running. And Mighty Ro- Advent Mighty Royals, we feel like it was a step too far for them this season. So we, we maybe expect them to go down. Yeah, possibly. Maybe rebuild again and um, maybe just uh, go again in the next season. They know how to do it. They've done it before, so it's no it's no skin off their nose. They've done they've come from worse places than they're at now, so um, they could do it. Good luck to the Edmund Mike Royals lads uh, in Div Three, uh, leading the way. Ro- uh, Woolwich Royals, the Sharks of Division Three, uh, eighteen points from seven games. Uh, Duchess of Kent in second place, thirteen points from six. Uh, Bexley Hawks have thirteen points from eight. Not a bad return for the promoted boys from last season. Uh, Borden Sports have nine points from four. A very good um, return for them. Uh, Abbey Mead um, have five points from four. Not a great start from them for their for their um, expectations each season, I imagine. Uh, they were looking at promotion this season. That's going to be a tough ask for them from here. Uh, Martin Park Rangers, five points from nine. Uh, one win and two draws for Martin Park Rangers. A good return for them. It's been a real crap couple of years for them. It must have been hard um, to get through the the, the last couple of years for them. So it's nice to see them sitting comfortably in mid-table this year. Uh, Catholic Club have played two. Um, they have four points from those two games. Uh, not going quite so bad as we thought for Catholic Club in the league, Gibbs, but uh, the cup form has, has stood out. They, they're unbeaten in the league, so it ain't that bad. No, it's not that bad. And I think a lot of their results, obviously, they've obviously been cup games. But again, I mean, full praise to Westbrook because these divisions when you actually sit down and assess them they're at this halfway stage they've done such a good job at keeping them competitive that it's yeah. it's crazy I mean you wouldn't back against Willage Royals and I know we give them some stick but they've they've reevaluated in the summer they've got some players in and they're, they're doing really well um, and full credit to them um, who's had a word with you at Willage Royals to be nice to them someone's had a word in your ear isn't they <laughs> I'm not being nice, but as we're having a review, I'm saying I know we give them stick about being sharks, but they've had, they did have they've had some bad runs of form, in they? And they've had to yeah, regroup from yeah. players and stuff. So um, fair play to them. I always like Bexley Hawks. Um, they're pro- they're probably not um, having as good a season as they maybe should. Um, they've had a couple of uh, heavy defeats. Um, Borders Hawks Westford, I think, could be the team to watch out for there. They've yeah. picked up some good results and. Um, I think they beat uh, the only unbeaten team in. I think that's just a kid the other week, didn't they? Two-one with a late, a late winner. Yeah, um, they did, yeah. And I think it, it's just. I think I wouldn't rule against them and uh, Woolwich Royals being the top two in that division, but they're very um, competitive divisions, though. Very, very uh, good. Again, I think they could all beat each other. Um, 
Catholic club if they can get their games in hand, but you just you'd like them to be able to get their games in hand and not fall to double headers. So until that happens, I think you've got to look at uh, Woolwich Royals and Northern uh, Sports. I mean, Abbey Mead are another good side, but they just don't seem to be able to never get a consistent run of results coming in. No, never. So, uh, just read out the last places of the division. Uh, Woolwich Common sitting eighth. They've got four points from four games. And Petswood Senior Vultures currently sitting bottom of Division 3 with three points from five. So many different different games. Catholic Club with two and Mottingham Park Rangers with nine games played. It's still a long way from um, from levelling itself out this division. Uh, yeah. from, the look of the, from the look of the division, still Abbey Mead in fifth place to Pet Senior uh, Wood. Petswood Senior Vultures in uh, bottom place with Welling Park Spartans folded. Uh, they're all still very much in a fight for their survival in Division 3. Div 4, the Pat Tansley Div 4. Uh, FC Barker sitting top after a bit of a wobble at the beginning of the season. They're looking more like the team we predicted them to be, Gibbs. 18 points from eight games. Uh, Inter Belvedere, second place with 16 points from seven. Um, Inter Belvedere waiting to strike on their, on their shoulders, Kingsford. 13 from six. These are great divisions, Gibbs. These really are good. Uh, so much better. They really better are. Than the, they really so are. are. The, top, the, top, the top, like, like one to five in, the, in these divisions, are, um, it's just unbelievable that they, they're kind of really so competitive that you couldn't actually pick a winner out of any division yet. Not at all. Uh, Junior Red Sports sitting fourth with 10 points from seven. Uh, Shooters Hill Spartans, nine points from six. Uh, Hartford Athletic, nine points from five. Uh, Junior Reds, uh, sorry, Junior Reds. Uh, Southeast Athletic Maroon have seven from seven. Beacons have seven from six. Bexley Eve sitting in ninth place. Disappointing season for the Bexley Eve lads after um, finishing in the top four last year. Uh, four points from six. Uh, Springfield United Resi's uh, assistant manager now, Chris Elliott, I hear, gives three points from eight. He's muscled in. He's finally got the gig. A management title would be wanting the first, he'd be wanting the, the head, he want the big role next time, wouldn't he? Uh, you, you might as well put them in, you might as well. You just cracked up a little bit there, Gibbs. I, I'm, uh, I think he, we need to put them into the division eight now, don't they? With Chris, with Chris Elliott in charge, put the blues mate, up there instead. It's like a, it's like a downward slope now for them, honestly. They get you might as well start them in Div five now because they're, uh, they're finished eggs with uh, Chris in office. They really are. They'll be down with the they'll be down with the Christmas decorations, wouldn't they, then boys? Oh yeah, mate, down by January. <laughs> uh Barker in Belvedere, Kingsford looking like a real good freeway race for that title. What a brilliant as I say, this is that's that's probably the my favourite one so far. That they're all young, they're all young teams as well. That's such a fantastic um end to the season. That one really be interesting to keep keep an eye out for that one in Div five. The third best division in Westford. The best division. <laughs> Sitting top, Peckham Rye. Perfect start for the boys. 18 points from six games. Sorry, mate, you Plus. cut out. Can you say that again? <laughs> hey, just for you, 18 points from six games uh, for Peckham Rye. The perfect start. 22 uh, plus 22 goal difference. So averaging over um, five. Uh, how much does that work out? Three, what is that? Four a game, five, three, four a game. Uh, good start for Peckham Rye. Is four, that, uh, it, about, about four. 
Gibbs, that couldn't have gone any better for the start. Did you see that happening in the summer when you were struggling through those friendlies? Mate, being honest, no, I didn't. When we were struggling through them friendlies, I don't think we won a game all pre-season. Um, and that's probably something that people don't really know, that we really did try to keep the other team going. Um, it's trying to recruit. But when you're losing, it's hard to entice players to to want to stay around. So yeah. it really was um, it really was hard. And most of the players that, um, that we're with now were part of the reserves last year. Um, it's just like myself, Ricky and Owen. And we've just recruited some players really well with the core that they had last year. And um, it's just, it, it couldn't have gone much better, to be fair. But I was we didn't have anyone that... Um, that was with us last year from the Prem. It literally is just a whole new um, bunch type thing with the with the core of the reserves. So it couldn't have gone much better, to be fair. No, I must say, I reffed quite a few of your friends, didn't I? And uh, I was worried for you. I must admit, uh, some of those some of those results and some of those teams that you were putting out, yeah, it wasn't good. So it's glad to see the hard work has paid off for you, and hopefully you can keep this going for the rest of the season. Uh, in second place, Bexley Wanderers with 16 points from eight. Yeah, I'd like to think so, mate. To be fair, we've played them. Um, Go on, mate. Good side there. Bexley Wanderers. Yeah, they're a very, they're a very good side. Very tough side. Uh, South London Athletic currently sit in third place, 12 points from six. Uh, Turk Ojak, 12 points from seven. Old Fatronians, 10 points from six. That's very tight. That is going to be a tight chase for the... Uh, well, it looks like second place in that division. Peck and Mike currently clear. Uh, South Ballers, seven points from seven, reverting to the old S and the South Ballers from last season, looking a bit like South Average. Uh, SE 69ers have six points from five games there in seventh place. Danton Albion, four points from four. Uh, Bexley Knights sit in ninth place, three points from seven. And folded uh, Mottingham Forest now. Uh, I don't expect they will be on the league tables for much longer. Uh, Gibbs, it's looking like Turk, Ojak, South London Athletic and Bexley Wanderers will be um, chasing you down um, for the title, uh, but most likely for second place. It should be an exciting finish to Division 5 this season. Yeah, it should be a, a tight finish, to be fair. And the good thing we've got going on our side is we've played all those teams that you just mentioned and, um, uh, and, and won, so... It puts more of an emphasis on them so that they have to come and beat us next time. But um, I'm a bit surprised to see SC Niners where they are because when we played them, I know the result kind of flattered us a bit on the day, but they looked very, um, they were a very solid side. So I thought they might have picked up a few more points along the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bexley Wanderers, I'd say, were probably a very tough team to break down. Uh, they even had 10 men and went 1 0 up. They, they're a very organised side. Very good. Um, South London, uh, Ben's done really well there this year, um, getting uh, regalvanizing them and uh, uh, picking up good points. And um, they're consistent. And um, and Turco Jack, we just played them like last week. Um, I must say, they're a bit inconsistent in the league. Four four wins and three losses from seven games. A bit inconsistent, yeah, isn't it? I think goals might be their problem. They're not they're not bad in the middle or, or at the back, but I think goals are going to be their problem. So I think yeah. I think that that, that could uh, maybe hinder, um, hinder them pushing up the league a little bit. But um, just other a, than that, just I mean, a plus not... plus one goal difference. Just a plus one goal difference for Turk Ojak um, after seven games. That's not that's not going to get you up the top end of the table, is it? No, definitely not. Um, and I mean, 
the teams below them, I mean, like Bexley Knights, we kind of struggled to, we struggled to break down the beat. Well, granted, it was a small pitch, but we only just won. I think it was, uh, it was what, 4-3. Um, but we, we got past them. So it's a very, um, it's a very tight division, you know? Yeah, it is. It's a very good division. Another good one. Well done to West on that one. In the King Hearts Media Production Division 6, the second best division in West well, I have to say second best as well. And I don't know. You've got me there. <laughs> uh, so top of Div 6 with 18 from six games. Uh, Villacourt Rovers. Uh, good start to the season for them. Hopefully they can continue in that form for them, boys. Uh, won Division 7 last year and they're looking... Uh, to go through Division 6 in the same manner this year. Uh, Footscray Lions Vets sit in second place, 12 points from five. Good start for the Vets. Uh, Peckham Ryan A have, a have had a successful start to the season, 12 points from six games. Uh, Chimera are fourth with 11 points from nine. Uh, new Boys Foresters have 10 points from seven. Well done, boys. Uh, new Life United have eight from seven. Uh, Ronnie's Boys Highfield, have seven points from five games, uh, two wins, a draw, and two losses for Ronnie and the lads. Uh, I'm sure he'll be looking, as he always does, to improve and push them up the table. Um, our lady seniors are in eighth with four points from six games. Alpington Athletic have three points from five, uh, three points from six, sorry. Uh, New Boys Lewis and Tamils have one point from three games, and sadly, Draper Close folded this season after Joe absolutely worked his bollocks off to keep them going Gives it's very sad for me to see uh, Draper Close have gone this year yeah Joe really tried his hardest um, to keep that team together and keep them going so it's um, it's a disappointing one to see them fold uh, especially when you get a good guy like Joe putting a, like a lot of hard work in um, but I've, I, I believe he's playing Saturdays now and um, uh, like local to his ass and he's, uh, he's enjoying football again Good. It's all about enjoyment. So as long as he's enjoying it, that's the main thing. Are we seeing anyone tackling um, Villa Court this season? Do we expect Footscray Lions vets yeah. and Peckham you know what? I, I, to get amongst think, it? Yeah, I think Footscray could um, could beat Villa Court. I saw a little bit of Villa Court last week um, on an abandoned game, and um, I, I think I think that they're they're very organised. Um, and I mean, this might come back to shoot me in the foot but I don't I didn't see anything of that they couldn't be challenged like that they were like superior for the league do you know do you know yeah. what I mean I mean that in a yeah, yeah. in a good in a good way like I think that they can they can be got at but they're very, they're very consistent so whatever they're doing is working um so fair play to them uh I mean you'd like them to carry on after uh, after Christmas and uh just maybe just concentrate on the football and uh, and let their football do the talking. You just, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. I know um, there's been lots of stuff going on in yeah. this division and uh, we just let, let football be the winner. Don't leave all the rubbish before, yeah. leave it off the, off the football pitch. We don't need it. No, I mean, they're clearly a good side. I mean, they won the division last year. They're top of this division six for six. They've clearly got some players. Um, and a good and a good team, but just let the football do the talking, get the points on the board, and you, you, I don't think you need all the other kind of rubbish that kind of goes with it because you're clearly a good side. So you know, enjoy your Sundays and try and win some trophies. Agreed, 
Agreed. Um, I think Peckham Ray, I'm still going to have a say in it. I think Steve's going to turn things turn things up a little bit there. Um, yeah, yeah. He's still, he's still building. Um, I mean, they had a real good win over Footscray Lions Vets, so that's not to go unnoticed. Um, and Footscray Lions Vets are going to beat teams as well. So it's going to be, um, I think it's still all to play for. And all them teams at the top, the top three are uh, Barring the outcome of one, I think um, they've still they're all gonna have to play each other twice or again. You know what I mean? So I think it's all still to play for. Very much so. Another good division. Now for Division Seven, the Silk Grassroots Podcast Network, Division Seven, the best division in Westford. The third the best division. Third, the third best <laughs> division. Uh, division Seven, top of the pile. Lovely to see Avery Hill Athletic. 21 points from nine games. What a turnaround for Avery Hill uh, for so long, just a sort of fair to middling club, not really making a dent on anything. But this season has been a real breakout season for Avery Hill. Top of the pile, uh, yeah. seven wins and two losses from nine for, games. Uh, very happy for Alex there. I know that they um, they had a bit rough for a while um, and he seems to have a settled squad now and they're picking up points and they seem to be consistent. So, um, fair play to them, you know. You like teams like that that um, that they've had it a bit rough and they've managed to turn their fortunes around. And they've, they've kept at it. You like that, so it's good to see. Absolutely, well done, boys. Uh, second place are the Peoples. They are flawless. Eighteen points from six games, perhaps as expected. Gibbs of the Peoples to drop down into Division Seven. I know they've lost players. I know it's a bit of a refresh for them, um, but with the players that stayed, uh, we did expect them to be comfortable in Div Seven, and, and they're proving they're proving us right. Yeah, I mean, they have managed to um, re-sign some of the Footscray Lions lads as well from, obviously, Division 1. So, some of them lads dropping down six divisions. Um, yeah. You'd kind of expect the Peoples to go on and, and win that division. Um, I mean, it, I think they were kind of in a bit of a similar situation to to I was in, but it would be like me now going to sign all the, some of the Prem guys that was with me last year if they wanted to sign. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and playing in Division Five, so I kind of fair play, and you don't want to see teams fold. So they're, they're going at it. They're giving obviously they're playing in division they've been put in, but um, yeah, I mean if you win a division, you deserve it, then. But uh, it's hard to it's hard to really kind of uh, comment without sounding like you're being a bit a bit harsh. Do you know what I mean? No, they can only sense. beat the teams. They can only beat the teams in front of them. I mean, they went. They was in this division a couple of years ago. They then won. They then got promoted, I think, or did they get promoted from Division Four? They were pro, they pro promoted to Division Three with the from Division Four last season, and went back down yeah. to Division Seven. It is what it is, and they can only win what's in front of them. They can they can only beat what's in front of them. Sorry, and uh, we've seen teams before get cut get caught up in keeping that momentum going. So let's see what they can do for the yeah, rest I mean, of the season. I'll, I'm pretty sure they'll keep their momentum going, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go unbeaten in the league all season because um, they have got some very good players there. Um, and as I say, they've signed some of the Footscray lads now as well. Yeah. Um, so you'd be... you. I mean, you'd, you wouldn't back against them winning that league. So fair play to them. Fair play. Uh, in third place, Greenwich Hotshots have 16 from seven. Uh, Sid Cup have 15 from nine. They're in fourth place. Adidas Athletic are fifth. They have 13 from six. That's Cabras sitting in the middle of the table with 10 points from eight games. Uh, New Cross Reserves have seven from seven. Bexley Village Vets have seven from seven. Uh, Intercross have six from five. 
Uh, 10th are uh, Fleet, uh, Fleet Down United. Um, they have four from six. And the Bourne, Ravens Bourne Athletic, sitting bottom of the division. Gives his pick for Div 7 as well. Come on, Bourne! <laughs> Zero points from 10 games. Come on, Bourne! No, they were my pick for Div 8. They're minus 64 goal difference at the moment. Had a, had a bit of a struggling uh, start to the season, but they're starting to, to stop leaking goals like they were before. They're obviously losing, uh, but there seems to be some resolve there. And this, and they've continued to play Gibbs. They've played the most games in the league. That's got to be something for them. Like, like JJ United, they're turning teams out every week. Uh, I don't think Ravens Bourne Athletic have let anyone down yet. So fair play to them on that note. Uh, fair play to the Bourne. I, I like the Bourne, but uh, but you'd like you like them just to maybe just find their feet this season and stick at it and then rebuild and go again next season. You know, but as long as they're enjoying their Sundays and and they're with their mates and stuff, that's that's all that matters. That is all that matters. That is the that is the core of Sunday League football: getting out and and socialising with your friends and. And getting that release, hopefully they're getting that. Uh, in Div 8, uh, Leicester FXI, top of the pile, 20 points from nine. A good turnaround for Leicester FXI after a, a, a tough couple of years. And they find themselves sitting top of Division 8. Uh, Elton Lions Reserves have 15 from seven. That's going to be a good fight between them two. Uh, safely sitting under Gibbs's um, bingo wing, 15 from six are... Uh, Springer United Blues, they're in with a shout, Gibbs. They are amongst it this season. I like the Blues. Uh, fourth place, Greenwich Challenge Vets have 15 from eight. Uh, if one of their players particularly could stay off Twitter, Gibbs, he might be able to help them get in this title race, eh? What's his name? Phil? Phil, Phil Meyer Kraken, wasn't it? Phil McCracken! <laughs> uh, the Bosco sitting in fifth, 15 points from nine. Five wins for the Bosco this season. They, they are showing the teams how to do it. When you're a struggling side, they are showing that, that the next year there can be an improvement. Well done, boys. <clears throat> uh, Sporting Greenwich have 14 from eight. They are falling off badly. Your arse cheek is going to stay. It's just going ha- to keep your... Uh, what, what You've got a sausage roll on your bum cheek tattooed at the moment, haven't you? Woo, 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 you know it. <laughs> I will say in, seven- <laughs> in seventh place, new boys out on Palace. 12 points from eight. I must say, I do like the Elton Palace lads. Uh, in eighth, Greenwich Battle Cruisers have 10 points from eight games. Jamera Reserves, nine points from eight. Royal Oak, four points from eight. And JJ United, no points from nine. Real strugglers, um, but getting teams out and earning respect from everybody just because it seems they've got a bit of bollocks about them, Gibbs, and that's important to us. And, and you can't ask no more than that, mate. Do you know what I mean? No. Don't let anyone down on a Sunday and show up with what you've got. And you know what? Take the L or give it your best go. And that's what JJ are doing. So full credit and full respect to them. You can't ask for more than that. No more than that whatsoever. Well done, boys. Uh, so lesser FXI, Elton Lions, I must say. Elton Lions and Springer United uh, Blues. I think it's going to be between them two uh, for the yeah, champions. I'd have, to I'd have to agree with that. I mean, it's good to see lesser, for, lesser FXI in with a shout because... Since um, I joined West, I think three or four years ago, Leicester have always been struggling around the bottom or just below mid-table. So to see them yeah. challenging, it's a real, it's a real good, good, good story. So I, I'm happy for them as well, to be fair. But I do think that in re- 
they're going to maybe tail off a bit. I do think it'll be between the Blues and uh, and Elton Lions, which will be a great end uh, second half of the season, especially when they play each other as well. Exactly. Remember of Lesser FXI, we used to say which team, which Lesser FXI would turn up because one day they would beat someone, really, they would have a good win and the next week they'd get tonked, which it was that Lesser FXI turned up. So this season, it's good to see them get some consistency. Um, that said, if they can get results against Delton Lions Reserves and Springhill United Blues, um, they could still be in the chance. Let's not write them off just yet. The two, oh, the two chasing not. teams, I mean, they've got points yeah, the more, to make up, that's for teams, sure. The more teams in the hunt for the for the title at the end of the season, the better. You know, you want to see it go down to the wire and it creates more big games that where points mean something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, fair play. So, the summary for the goal scorers, the last section of the Westfa, um, the Westfa stats for the for 2021 so far. Um, top of the pile, we'll do the top 10. We'll do the top 10 strikers. Uh, Nathan Lawrence from Villacourt uh, in Division 6 has 21 goals in 11 games. He's having a great old time of it. Uh, Cameron McMillan for Elton Rovers has 21 goals in 10 games. Uh, Matt Nucky does what he does every single season for about 20-odd years, has 20 goals in 11 games. Fair play to Matt, still going. Uh, uh, Peckham's own Tony Rawlins, 19 in 10 games. Peckham Wright and Silk, 11s. All right, rephrase that, Tony Golins. Tony Golins. Tony Golins having a fantastic season. Uh, the The first Prem Division player, on the list, Miles Dominique from Jam, 18 in 10. Well played to him. Uh, Phil on social media shouting his praises, saying he's the best player in the league. Um, by this by this um, measure, he's not half bad, that's for sure. Taylor Robinson from Bayswater has 18 in 10. Uh, Nikola Kristanovic from Junior Red Sports has 18 in 13 games. Uh, Richard Akinladi has 16 in 10. Well done, Sam Bailey for Under the Radar, has 15 in 10. Uh, and that, Leo, go, go on, mate. I was going to say, that Richard for, for Jam, what, oh, blimey, he's a, he's a strong boy, I tell you. Up front, he's an, he's ab- a, he's an absolute he, handful and he's a yeah, he's yeah. a big old unit and uh, he will get goals all the time, I tell you, because... He's got it defend- already. Yeah, he's a nightmare for defenders because he's so big and strong, he can pin you, he can turn. And he's he's got a bit of pace about him as well, so he's a he's a very good um, a very good player for Jam. Absolutely, and Leo Goring for Newcastle Rovers United um, has fifteen in nine. That's the top ten goal scorers uh, this season in Westford so far in all divisions. Gibbs, just in closing, um, what's been the best bit? Do you think about twenty twenty one so far for Westford? Obviously, we've mentioned they've got the the constitution bang on. It seems I know the Prem Division has been a little bit topsy turvy. Uh, because of various for various reasons, um, but below that, it's it's West was absolutely on fire. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, um, the committee uh, are kind of second to none. You know, they're always there. It's such a positive committee. Um, yeah. The the leagues. I mean, everyone's challenging. Everyone's getting a lot of football. Everyone's got lots of cup games to look forward to. Um, there's there's been lots of positives, and I'd say up till now, obviously because we've had to stop this week for because of COVID, but it's just been nice not to have to play double bankers every week and people playing cup games and playing new teams that you've not played before. I think yeah. there's been, uh, there's lots of positives um, to it for the first half of the season. 
Absolutely. In 2022, are we worrying about COVID now for the to, for these double bankers and that, which, which we don't, we definitely don't want. But for 2022, I guess that's the focus, isn't it? To try and avoid um, yeah. having a shit, shit a finish to I, seasons I mean, as we've had the last two years. There's so many cup finals um, to be played this year that um, people doing well in cups and that. I think for COVID to take it away again, I think it would be absolutely like, it'd be terrible because there's a lot of teams that uh, may not be doing so well in the league um, that that like the Cups. And I know obviously safety and people's health has got to come first. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm just saying it'd be a shame to have to go back to double bankers, just league games to finish the season again. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. Absolutely agree. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get some... Uh, we'll get some uh, cup finals played this year. The teams deserve it. The refs deserve it. Uh, the committee deserve to have a full season and, and a tick on a big pat on the back for uh, coming out the back of this horrible couple of years with a completed uh, season. Out the back in of every... <laughs> coming out the back of a crap couple of years. Getting a completed season, mate. Um, I wish you and your teams, obviously. All the very best for next season. I wish you um, first and foremost a, a happy Christmas uh, and a good new year with you and your family. It's and been a pleasure this first half of the season. So thank you for having us on. Ah, it's been good, man. And hopefully uh, we'll have some good stuff to talk about and hopefully see you back in South Tales in the new year. Oh, definitely. You definitely will, mate. You have a good Christmas and a good new year. Have a good one, mate. Speak to you soon. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. So straight in with the Alpington and Bromley review with Jamie. Jamie, how are you doing? One of the games, one of the few games on the Alpington and Bromley not to survive um, yesterday. Uh, straight in with the question, do you think it was the correct decision to leave the the play, the state of play up to the teams yesterday? Well, do I think it was the right decision not to make a decision? You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so leave it up to the teams, yeah. Did mm, you know what? I, I, I'm not so sure, but I think the guidance has to come from higher above than the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so the FA and whoever else didn't make any sort of decision. So who's to say that the league should then not follow suit and follow that example? So I thought it was interesting considering just what every other league called off, um, other than the county games. So yeah. um, and quite a few games went ahead, but. <sighs> I guess this whole situation, it's, it's all about preference now, which I, I don't think it should be, but who am I to rock the boat? But um, yeah, it was interesting. And But we, having had COVID in our camp a couple of times and stuff, we were pretty sure once I took a vote on it, we were, um, a few boys said they would play, but would rather not. Yeah. And then the rest were like, yeah. no. And pretty unanimous from our end. What it does is take the, responsibility away from the governing bodies back onto the normal people again, Jamie, which is bollocks, isn't it? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, if these guys who all played yesterday, if they get some, all of a sudden now you all get COVID and they can't go and visit family at Christmas and or if they do visit family and make them ill and whatever else, God forbid, then you're kind of like thinking, well, they shouldn't have been allowed to make that decision in the first place. Yeah. But it's a double-edged yeah. sword, no matter what, what you look it at is. it. It is. As I've said on earlier shows I think the decision to leave it up to the teams is probably the right one uh, for the for the league sort of uh, politically that's them sort of in the clear that's a good decision for them letting the clubs decide as, as they serve the clubs so they've done the mm -hmm. right thing by doing that 
um, in my mind, but I can see that sort of postponing all the games is the safest way of doing things. Um, and therefore probably the right way of doing it. But as I say, the, the, the committees serve the teams. No one, no one should forget that. Uh, so giving the teams the, the call is up to them and that's fine by me, uh, whichever, whichever way it happened, as long as the teams were happy to play, um, it is what it is. I mean, we're, we're living in a world where the people at the very top main decisions are a bunch of arseholes who do whatever the fuck they want. So let's be honest. Can anybody point the finger at anybody else and say they're right or wrong? No. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we did actually have some games yesterday. So before we get through the tables and the goal scorers and all that, we're going to have a look at some results yesterday. Uh, I actually got to go and watch a game yesterday. Um, the Bickley and Kenningwell one first up. Um proper game as expected uh not in the sort of uh physical way you may expect it was a real game of a real good football game Bickley out of the traps very early looked very promising for them in the first 10 minutes missed a hatful of chances in the first half Kenningwell extremely economical uh, going forward um scoring all of their chances it seemed in the game um Bickley came out in the second half I can't remember what the score was at half time um but Bickley um, it was all them in the second half with Kenningwell left really just to hit Bickley on the break. Um, it got back to something like 3-2 three, three, to Bickley. 3-2 um, uh, to Kenningwell, sorry. Um, Kenningwell then making it 4, I believe. 4-2 with Bickley getting a third to make it 4-3. Kenningwell probably edge it. Um, they, were, they were far better in front of goal, more clinical. Um, Bickley were probably left feeling with some better with some better finishing. They'd have, they would have been at least good for a point yesterday or the win. As if if you're a biased a biased home team in Bickley, you may think on chances you should win the game, but you've got to put it in the onion bag. That is what that's what it's all about. That's what Kenningwell did um, on a foggy day at Queen Mary's. I must say, I turned up about ten past ten and saw the referee John who said, if it gets any worse, it's not going to be played. It got worse. Um, and then quickly well, lifted. Then. <laughs> well, this was about 20 past 10. So I think we ended up kicking off. Uh, it was scheduled for quarter to 11 and we ended up kicking off at 11 o'clock. And really it wasn't that bad. Um, the, the fog, uh, you could see everything. So um, lucky to get the game played. Yeah, well done to everyone involved. A real good game. Um and Kenningwell coming out with a 4-3 win. They were chuffed. Uh, in the Prem, Beckenham Rovers 2, Hacienda 2. The inconsistencies of the Premier Division continues. Hacienda not able to um, get a win against bottom club. Um, Beckenham Rovers, on, no, not, not bottom club, near the bottom club, Beckenham Rovers. Uh, another game in the Prem Division got played. MSL winning 3-2 against South London Panthers. Uh, Panthers unable to put back-to-back uh, -back wins together again, Jamie. Um, and Hacienda not getting a win against Beckenham Rovers. A game Hacienda certainly should be winning if they've got any sort of hope of uh, a title this season. It should be, but um, I, I don't care. Was it last week? I said I think every game in that division would be 2-2. And I think yeah. we predicted the MSL game, so I've just missed it there. But um, yeah, no result surprises me now in that division. It's it's so nip and tuck. Um, Beckham Rovers not in great form, Hassie and the yeah. but the, the quality is always going to be there no matter what team 
either any of these sides put up. Mm. That's a massive plus this season. The quality in the Prem division is there from top to bottom. Uh, as I've said a few times, that that league, that division particularly, was a little bit neglected over the last couple of seasons before this one. Uh, but they have really done a good job. The league are doing a good job to rebuild that and make it a real good stepping stone into um, the senior. So well done to the league on that. And well done to the teams for making it so competitive. Uh, MSL's decent season continues as they beat um, South London Panthers. Jamie, just, just that consistency again, missing so, for so many teams in the Prem Division. South London Panthers uh, definitely guilty of that. Yeah, they are. But I think, when you look at MSL, I think is that not three from three in the league now, which is not yeah, a lot of games considering we're just about to hit Christmas. But yeah, um, yeah, they're probably the only consistent team having not played that many games. True. Uh, we'll get into the tables later in Division One. Club Langley three all against Hatcham Royals. Not a good day for the Royals. That's an expected win for them in my book. Uh, Club Langley with a valuable point. The way their season's going, that is looking uh, valuable in Div One. Uh, lesser Albion draw five all with Lewisham Islamic Centre. Another shock win. How many draws? This could be a record amount of draws uh, for the league, even though we didn't play any games. I've got a feeling it will still be a record amount of draws. Uh, let's have a look. More games. Um, in the fourth division, FC United unable to keep their good form going. They lost 5 3 to Inter Milne. Very good win for the Inter Milne boys in Div 5. Hayes Old Boys 2, Kelsey Park 5, making one of our games of the week, that one. Hayes and Pickhurst, good season, continues this week, 3-2 against <sighs> previously in-form SE Lions, and they've just fallen off the last few weeks, the Lions, Jamie. Is that not since you ref them? Since I've ref them, that cup game, yeah, they've, they've not been good, have they? No, they didn't send anyone off so, for once. So um, well, it's there's, not there's like, your answer. There's your answer. The Selk curse, even when I man, even when I referee people. Oh God, that's not good. They'll, they'll boot me off the league. Uh, but about time, some say. Uh, <laughs> Shortland Spitfires lose four-one to FC Peak, improving FC Peak. Another team, another game that made our. Game of the week poll. Results of the week poll, should I say. Uh, in the Sunday Junior Cup, uh, Sydenham Sports in different season continues. Um, they lose 6-4 to Westford's um, senior side. That's their second division. Um, New Cross Rovers, a big win for New Cross Rovers. Uh, Sydenham Sports, Jamie, struggling this season, should I, dare I say? Uh, certainly not hitting the heights of the form that they had been no. last two seasons. No, but, the, the, the deck is this plateaued this season, but maybe that's simply because they found their level. Maybe who knows? You could say that I get about sporting club teams mean as well, and I'm sure there's other teams that, that if we kind of look through divisions, you could say the same. So, yeah. um, I, I, I have it, it's not anything bad, it's just a team who have got to, like you say, they found their level. Um, new crossovers from all what I'm aware of aren't a bad side either. So. Um, I'm sure that would have been a cracking game. 6-4 is always a tough place to go, Sydney. So um, that's a very good win for Newcastle Rovers. Absolutely. Well done to the boys. Uh, in the London Sunday Challenge Cup, uh, Essie Dons crash out of the cup. This is one they definitely would have had their eyes on uh, this, this season. Essie Dons nil, Hatch Lane United from the Essex Corinthian League win 2-0. Jamie, this was this is not... Um, gone with the form book or with the expectations, has it? 
It's not. Um, I think the happiest person after these County Cup results yesterday will be Bob and the fixtures. <laughs> we, we obviously be losing games left, right and centre. Um, a little bit of a headache, I think, being removed with these teams crashing out of County Cups. The uh, London FA um, officials won't be happy. The uh, They'll be on the gate. They won't. If the SE Dons <laughs> get to the final, their bank, their bank balances will suffer, won't they? Yeah, it's going to be well, a thing Christmas for them. Or less said about that, the better. Delete, delete. Uh, Farnborough Old Boys lost 5-0 to Spartans. Uh, Spartans, after a disappointing loss last week in the Surrey Premier Cup, uh, returned to County Cup action this week and beat nine-man uh, Farnborough Old Boys 5-0. Um, uh, nine I, I, men? They got two sent off in the, oh. in the, first, half, in the first half an hour. Um, Vince ah. sent me a match report. It was nil-nil at halftime. Listen, I know Vince listens to this. Spartans have been in fantastic form. Uh, Farmer's form hasn't been great. Would would obviously being two men down doesn't help at all. Um, but these are two teams in completely different sort of trajectories in their own league. Spartans flying and Farmer struggling. Um, still going down to nine men against a good team doesn't help. Um, I think they both were red cards. Vince has sent me the, the footage and I think they both were um, red cards, but you don't want to be playing against Spartans or anyone in the London Sunday Challenge Cup with nine men, really, do you? Not for an hour anyway. Uh, no, I think I would pass on that. <laughs> well done to Spartans. They move into the next round. Um, it's wide open, this competition now, um, with Don's, I think, Lambeth, or Lambeth lost 3-1 to Swag from... At a Southern Sunday as well. Massive shock result. Um, Lambeth, um, Hatcham, Essie Dons, Farnborough, all out of the uh, London Sunday Challenge Cup. Um, it's wide open that. Is it going to come back to South London with um, with all, with all our teams down here that we cover on the show? Or are we expecting the Essex boys and the North Londoners to, to do the business? Um, looking increasingly like it's going to be going kind of east or north, isn't it? Yep. Is it Baytees and Hatch Lane from the Corinthian League still in it? Well, Hatch Lane are still in it, obviously, yesterday, but I think Baytees might still be. It's an interesting draw. Um, South London has been uh, enjoying having its names on the cup, or South East certainly has enjoyed having its name on the cup the last couple of seasons. Um, It could be going back across the water uh, this year. Good luck to everyone in it. as I say, Swag beat Lambeth All-Stars 3-1 in the other tie from the London Sunday Challenge Cup. Lambeth All-Stars in different season continues. Uh, things need to change at Lambeth, whatever's going on there. Um, it seems they're going back down the way um, after hitting such good big heights in their first season uh, of this new Lambeth All-Stars. Jamie winning the London Cup, winning this cup. This is They see it as their cup, dominating uh, the Met League, coming across to the Orpington and Bromley and since then Jamie they're, they're not having it their own way at all not very much gone downhill from there um, they need to do something drastic I think to get themselves kind of I've always said they need a proper rebuild and a, a clear out a rebuild and then refocus themselves but they're always going to have the weight of that name um, on that kit now the fact that they, they won that cup and the names that they were obviously putting out every week so yeah, maybe the expectations been a bit too much for the boys who are wearing the kit at the minute. Maybe. Um, off the grid, B 
beat uh, Augington and Bromley's LSU Lions in the Surrey Sunday Lower Junior Cup after three all full-time uh, off the grid. One five three on penalties. Congratulations to them. Unlucky to the LSU Lions boys from the Orpington and Bromley. So now just a quick. I, I, know, I know that was that was only five county cup games, but I think that must be the first time ever where no Orpington teams won or gone through. Yeah, I mean, Orpington and Bromley team hasn't won the London Challenge Cup for a decade now, considering the the sort of credit and the prowess and the accolades that the, the senior division gets. Um, obviously, um, Essie Dons have won the Kent Premier Cup and Hatcham have won the Kent Premier Cup. I don't know if that's within 10 years. Uh, it might just be. Um, but in terms of the, the upper level county cups, um, there hasn't been a hell of a lot of Albington and Bromley um, representation. Is it time to have a rethink? Is it no, but even just maybe? like these are the kind of middle rings and for not nah, obviously as come on, that's why I'm here. You know what I mean? Um the fact that not <laughs> one team has gone through though, um, from what a weekend of fixtures, I think that must be a first ever I doubt that'll have a happen again. Um, but not at least one team doesn't go through. Yeah, um, I mean of course I was joking about the quality of the league. It is quality, we know that, but the fucking uh, best. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right that it was a clean sweep of of OBD SFL exits this weekend. Um, and I'd be very surprised if that's if that's happened in such an early round. I'd agree with you. I was only joking. Uh, send uh-huh. your send your hate mail to at Jamie Nimmo uh, on Twitter. Uh, whoever's got unfortunate guys that's got that <laughs> handle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the senior division, the senior division run through. Uh, top of the pile, SE Dons, uh, 18 points from six, um, 14 goal difference. Uh, Hatcham second, 18 from six, 13 goal difference. Um, the way that the way uh, the those teams are going, that's going to be one hell of a showdown at the end of the season. Uh, Jamie, why have they got the top two um, tabled in the uh, senior? Um, because there's two teams automatically qualify for the Champions League next season. Ah, oh, got you. Yeah, yeah, superb, isn't it? <laughs> uh, in the uh, third place, Lambeth All-Stars, 12 from six. Not good enough from them. Uh, they'll be disappointed with that start, um, although most teams would love it. Uh, two losses for them early doors uh, is not good for them. Uh, fourth is Kenningwell, nine points from six. Uh, fifth is The Wall in their debut season in the OBD SFL Seniors uh, Division, seven points from five. Uh, Rock Seniors sit six, sixth. Four points from four. Blendon, with their first season in the senior division, four points from five. Bickley, three points from four. Not quite had the start to the season. Some of us expected them to have with the injection of quality uh, from Lullingston. Um, Kamazi, three points from five. And Farnborough Old Boys, one point from seven. Um, Jamie, that's not a million miles away from where we expected things to be at the beginning of the season. Hatcham, probably the surprise package uh, in second place. I think that's fair to say. Um, everyone else, I think, um, we expected from last season. Uh, Bickley, Kamazi and Farnborough were the team sort of just above the relegation zone, weren't they? And we seem to be reverting to to those sort of um, strugglers again this year. Uh, I mean, I thought 
the Farnborough merger, I thought they might be. I thought they would do quite well this year. So I'm a bit surprised and disappointed um, to see them. But I think Hatcham was everyone's surprise package now, given that they lost a lot of players in the summer, high-profile um, transfers. Uh, we all thought they would toil basically, but I mean, good yeah. on them. Um, I think you'll probably find most neutrals in that division will be cheering them on. Um, to, I mean, the goal difference with Dons, Hatcham and then Lambeth as well, compared to the rest, is just night and day. So, yeah. um, I wouldn't say Lambeth are out here just yet, but I mean, if the, their inconsistency would point towards them not going on a run that would get them challenging the top two. So, it looks like it's going to be a two-horse race. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out, especially considering they've got to play each other twice. The interesting bit would be that Lambeth All-Stars are more than capable, as we've seen, of getting results from Essie Dons and Hatcham. But as you linked as you linked it to their consistency, they could mm-hmm. go and get those wins, get themselves back amongst it with Hatcham and Essie Dons and then lose to um, someone that you wouldn't expect them to lose to. So if they can get these big games won against Essie Dons and Hatcham in the league and then um, win their expected games, they could get themselves back amongst the title challenge. But at the moment, it does look as though Hatcham and Essie Dons will be fighting it out come May. Hopefully, the end of the season will be in May. We never know. In the Prem Division, Hacienda still top of the Division 16 from 8. Sports King All-Stars going about their job quietly and confidently. 13 from 6, sitting pretty with two games in hand. Um, They've gone under the radar massively, Jamie, haven't they? They have, yeah. Obviously, a couple of these games in hand. Um, should put them top, and then obviously MSL coming up behind them as well. Oh, oh yeah, they're five. Well, I thought we'd only played three, they played five. So um, you're looking kind of from Saha up, I think, in fifth for the winner. Agreed. Uh, MSL third, 11 points from five, three wins and two draws for the MSL boys. No losses. Um, impressive start for them. Uh, remember, they were only a Div 1 team from the Met League last season. They weren't in the top division. They've come across uh, straight into the Prem Division. Fair play to MSL. Uh, Sporting Club Thamesmead sit fourth. Ten points from eight games. Played a, f- a few more games there than teams around them. That could be their downfall once the games get caught up. Saha in fifth. Nine points from five. Uh, mixed bag from them. Three wins and two losses. Not good enough for a team coming across who we expected to dominate. Uh, Groundhoppers, a uh, good start to the season is really tapering off. Nine points from seven from them. Uh, three draws and two losses. Um, the either side of two wins. Um, expected better from them. Uh, eight points from eight for Farnborough Boys Reserves. Um, they've been good in patches, um, but no consistency again from teams in this division. Uh, in eighth, FC Elmstead. Uh, just sitting above the relegation zone. They are seven points from five. South London Panthers, the new boys from the Met League, come across and have seven in seven. Probably a fair reflection of their season. Uh, Beckenham Rovers have five in six from six games. And LSC Giants sit bottom of the pile. Although to me, they seemed in always improved. Maybe the overall level of the division has improved for them. Uh, it's too much for them to, to keep up, Jamie. Five points from seven. That is a crazy division, isn't it? As you say, once people start catching up their games in hand, you go down to Saha uh, with nine points on top of them. They're top. Uh, uh, MSL, if they win all their games in hand, they'd be top. It's a crazy division. and It's going to take a while to to work itself out, I think, this one. Yeah, I think it's going to be chopping and changing from now until the end of the season. 
don't think anyone can consider themselves favourites, even though Hacienda have got a little bit of a buffer. Um, and I don't think anyone would really be seen as kind of hot tips to go down either. Um, so it's going to be a good good end to the season for that division. Very good. And yeah, I mean, as, as interesting as the title chase is, um, the relegation zone, <clears throat> you've got LSE Giants for an 11th, three points away from Farnborough Reserves in seventh. And uh, they've all played similar amount of games except Realmstead, who will be hoping to, to put their games in hand in a positive way and expel and push themselves up. I mean, if they win their two games in hand, Jamie, they'll be in the champion, they'll be in the title chase. So it's a crazy, crazy division. Div one. Um, West Wickham are top. They have 19 from nine, really have carried on their momentum from last season and their promotion from division two. Uh, they sit top. Lesser Albion are having a good year. 10 points from six um, for their standards. That's a good season. Hatch and Royals sitting pretty in third. Only the four games played, Jamie. No losses. Uh, 10 points from four games is impressive from Don and the lads. Um, perhaps their worst results have come in the cup, but they look steady in the league. Is that fair to say? I think so, yeah. Um, new surroundings for them, obviously. Um, I think that division possibly they, they should be the favourites for it and I still consider them that I think they, sh- they should win it um, I don't see Leicester sustaining a title challenge I think they'll kind of finish in the middle section somewhere um, and I think West Wickham who didn't start particularly great but they've played quite a lot of games and had some form so they've got those points on the board um, and then as you look further down Royal Southwark have only played three games but they, they've never been good chasers Royal Southwark I think they don't seem to kind of cope well when they're chasing a team um, they're, they're more than capable of beating anyone in that division um, when they get games played but I don't think they now will be able to make a sustained challenge so I think yeah Hatch and Royals for me should be the ones you should be keeping an eye on Agreed Crab Langley sit fourth 10 points from seven Sydenham Sports promoted as champions from Division 2 last year uh, they have nine points from seven uh, Kuruya came across from the Met League they have seven from four. Not a bad start from them. Uh, just the two wins and one draw from four. Well, not just, but the two wins and one draw from four. Just one loss. Uh, goal difference looking a bit looking like the issue for Kawuya. Just a plus one after four games uh, and only one loss. That's not looking great for them. Uh, Royal Southwark sits seventh. Three games played. Just four points. A poor start uh, for them on, for their standards and our expectations for them. Uh, unknown what's happening to them. Uh, they sit on four. Bexley, Bexley United are in eighth with four points from five. Lewisham Islamic Centre are ninth with four points from six. And ex-Blues Craven have four points from seven games. That relegation uh, battle is going to be a good game. I, I think Royal Southwark might just have enough to pull themselves out of it. Um, we've seen Bexley United have a tough season a couple of years ago and seem to cement them or stabilise themselves last year. Jamie, is this one season too far, do you think? We've seen the cries from Bex United on social media for players. Do you think this 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 is this in this division their their stay is coming to an end? Um if that continues, there's every chance, but I'd like to think there's a bit of hope there for them. Um they've got a couple of games in hand over the teams below them. So there is an opportunity to pull themselves away. Yeah. Um, but Explosive Caven have started picking up results recently um, and Lewisham Islamic Centre are not exactly out of it either so um, I think the bottom half of that division possibly a bit more interesting than the top I think come 
maybe March April time, I think, Hatch and Royals and West Wickham might be clear by then. Fair comment. I think the same. It will be an interesting uh, relegation uh, fight. All the divisions, they seem to have got the constitutions right this year and all the leagues. We're seeing competitive divisions from top to bottom, which which can only mean they've got it right. And we must commend uh, committees for doing that because it's probably the toughest part to ensure competitive divisions throughout, uh, especially for new teams. So well done to the committee. Uh, Div 2, uh, Blase Ballers uh, taking the Division 2 uh, by storm. Uh, they've found a home and they seem settled for once, which is good for them. Having stayed at West uh, in Westford and Southern Sunday in the last two years, they find themselves in the Elberton and Bromley. Now, 18 points from eight games, two losses. Uh, not setting the world alight, but certainly looking stable and looking like a good club. Uh, Manorwood have 17 from nine, uh, five wins and two losses for them. Uh, New Beckenham uh, sitting third, six games for them. And they'll be looking intently on Blase Ballers and Manorwood's progression. They have um, plenty of games um, to play, 13, game, 13 points from six. Uh, Phoenix Sports 2 have nine points from four. They'll be thereabouts. They'll be there or thereabouts too. Plenty of football for them to play. Alpington have nine from five. Westrum, nine from seven. Hayden Youth, seven from six. Broccoli, six from seven. Um, LSU Lions have five from five. Gislast, four from uh, four from four. Greenwich Mariners, three from six. And DC mm. Football, three from five. Jamie. That's not. I'm assuming that's not where you saw yourselves um, at Christmas this season. Correct. It's not. Um, I think it's funny, you know, that we, we've not won a game. Uh, DC beat us, said we were awful and they're still below us. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, but we've not lost for the last three weeks now, so that's good. Um, but we'll be, <laughs> we'll be fine. Um the game that was meant to go ahead yesterday, we had 15 available, which is unheard of in recent months. So looking like from January, we should be back up to strength. And yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. Come February, March, we'll be all right. Looking at mid-table-ish. Um, in terms of the top end of that table, I think I just, I just can't see Manor Woods sustaining it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've just got a feeling. I think Phoenix, New Beckenham will probably be the top two with Blasey and maybe a surprise for Oppington in third maybe Westerham um, and yeah I think I'm, I'm looking maybe DC Chiselhurst Broccoli um, as the bottom three obviously don't want ourselves in there um, but again it's just very tight teams taking points off each other um, most weeks um, a yeah. lot of football stuff we played as well so yeah, it should be an interesting second half of the season for Division 2 as well Very good very good another good season in Div 2 turning out to be a really good division the last well, since we've been covering, uh, since the podcast has started, Div 2 or Div 3 has been fantastic. So um, long may that continue. It looks like it will in Div 3. Um, Crayford Arrows, top of the pile, 12 points from six. Hayden Youth Rezies, seven points from four. Woosh, seven points from three. Three games played in December is woeful. Um, not their fault, obviously. Seven points from four are the Warren. Hatch and Beck in the Manor, two games played, six points for them. Uh, Ellis Athletic, four points from two. Tudor Sports Rangers, four points from four. Old Langlians, three points from two. Belmont Athletic, one point from two. Um, Italia Westills in the relegation zone, none from two. FC Deptford, none from five. And Montbell have been, have folded. 
Jamie, what has happened for us to have only played two league games at on the at the time of recording, the twentieth of December? I have absolutely no idea. Um, however, when you look at the amount of football that's got to be played there, um, it really for me plays into the hands of the likes of Hatch and Becker and Manor because you know when it comes to being double bankers in midweek games, they've got the squad to handle that. Yeah. Um, you look at, I mean, Kiefer Darrows, I think, will be up there with them and Hayden Reserves. Worship had a very good um, start. They'll look to maintain that. But I think the mm. likes of maybe Ellis, Line Lanes, Belmont, Wastdales, they these guys, I think, might struggle to get um, results from the, the game, when the games start coming thick and fast. So um, there's a number of teams who could go down there, but I think it should be Hatch and Becker and Manor at the top with Kiefer Darrows and maybe Hayden or Bush just up behind them. Agreed. Uh, uh, for me, I know we all like big divisions, but I think there's a real sort of chat to be had at the moment in this uncertain time. The last few seasons to stick to ten in a in a in a table uh, as a max number because we need to get these tables finished. Uh, two games. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, no one's fault, obviously, but it's obviously just the way it's worked out. And obviously, there's been some postponements along the way or teams unable to play. But um, yeah, two games <laughs> in December is crazy. We don't want double bankers and all that again. Uh, in Div 4, Crayway lead the way. 21 points from eight. Fantastic start for the Crayway boys. Um, 19 from eight are Crayford Arrows reserves and SMCA having a good year this year. 17 from eight games. Uh, fourth are Phoenix Sports 4. They're 13 from six. Uh, two games in hand, they'll very much be involved in the title chase, that's for sure. Three league games and perfect start for AFC Wilgard. They're in fifth and they have nine points. Again, they will be amongst it. There is no two ways about it. Uh, Inter Milne have nine points from five. Uh, Ministry of Ball have six points from three. Um, they're a good side. Expect them to have a say too. Rockley Reserve, the reserves have had a decent start to the season for their standards of recent years. Four points from six. Um, is a good return for a team who have um, who usually struggle. FC United have four points from seven. Hawksbrook Wanderers are in 10th and have three points from five. FC United Bromley, one point from seven. They won't be pleased with that. Um, and Lesser Christchurch, one point from four. East Wickham Wanderers struggling too um, with an imperfect start. Uh, four losses from four games. Uh, no points. Minus nine for a bottom place team shows they're not being spanked, though. Um, they're making a good account of themselves and have had some eye-catching wins in cups. Obviously, just not the league. Um, I think I've said my piece on Lesser Christchurch um, time and time again, Jamie. They definitely shouldn't be in the division and that's no res no disrespect to them. Um, but it looks like Crayway and Crayford Arrows are going to be there and thereabouts. But we've got Wilgar up on their tails and Phoenix Sports 4, who we know are a good team. Jamie, this looks like another good league um, and a good 2022 um, to see where this one ends. Yeah, I think it's going to be three from five, um, those five that you mentioned. Maybe Ministry yeah. of Ball could, could do something. But um, yeah, Crayway, again, they didn't particularly start great, I don't think, but been flying ever since. Crayford Darrow's reserves again, um, going really well. So, I think those three at the minute, including SMCA, got to keep their noses in front and keep picking up points because I think Wilgar and Phoenix will both definitely capable of going on a good winning run, um, which can propel them up there. Yeah, fantastic division this one again. Um, this is why you shouldn't take your eyes off the lower divisions. 
just have a look and and uh, do your homework and you'll see that um there's some fantastic things going on in the lower divisions uh, division five the final division before we get on to some stats a 14 team uh division this one but we're getting lots of football played um so to me i've got no objections to this one jb uh phoenix sports five sit top um 24 points from eight the perfect start for phoenix sports five um they are perfect well done boys uh in second place hazen pickhurst um perfect two they have 18 from six uh all wins for the boys uh plus 29 goal difference looking like these two are away uh, are far and away the better teams two games in hand for hazen pickhurst winning both would put them joint top and likely the goal difference would make them top from those games, Jamie, as well. Ben Hurst sitting third, a great return for them, a good season for them, 21-22. Ben Hurst finding their feet and finally progressing, uh, 18 points from nine from them. Well done, boys. FC Peak have improved, 16 points from nine, as are Orpington Colts, 16 from nine. Just sitting there looking at the third promotion place there, the Colts, definitely, boys. Um, South London Spartans have 15 from six. Uh, Southeast London, Southeast Lions, um, good start to the season. Just, just halting the last couple of weeks. Fourteen from eight. Shortland Spitfires have some impressive wins, but find themselves in eighth place. Ten points from nine. Three wins, one draw, one draw, and five losses for the Shortland Spitfires. Um, Kelsey Park are ninth with seven from nine. Kingsdale six from six in a rather unimpressive season for Kingsdale. Um, 11th are Petswood Roadrunners, six from six. Hayes Old Boys have four from nine. Bexley Athletic, winless so far this season in five. No points. Um, SE Ballers, AFC, have zero points from seven. Ballers look as good as gone so early in the season already. Damie, uh, Bexley Athletic at least have the games to play, but they don't win in the league, it seems. Their wins have all come in the cup. Um, a, 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 a tough transition, should we say, for Bexley Athletic from Westfar over to the OBD SFL. The grass is is particularly not greener on the field for them. No, it's not. I mean, scoring one goal a game in Division 5 is not going to win you any points, let's be honest. No, no. Um, I, I, again, I like this division. I know it's quite, quite a big one, but you can kind of see it split into three. You've got the top bit there. And the teams kind of vying safely in the middle, and then you've got those teams at the bottom kind of battling it out. Um, yeah. I think you're right. SE Ballers don't look as if there's much light for them. Although Hayes Old Boys have played two games more, only four points ahead of them, and Bex Athletic have got even more games in hand on them. So uh, I think Phoenix um, should go on and win it comfortably. Maybe Hayes and Pickers will give them a challenge. Um, and the interesting one for me is Ben Austin Peak, because obviously you're quite, and they've got the Colts here as well. So you quite like the Colts and Peak, and I quite like Ben Austin. So it'll be interesting to see who can get that third spot. Hopefully, it's the, it's the Ben Hurst boys. I mean, I'm looking at South London Spartans there, 15 from six, only the one loss. Um, if they win their games in hand, which are very likely, I mean, they're only three points out of the promotion zone. Um, South London Spartans could be a good outside bet for promotion. So you're trying five. to support three. You're trying to support three teams in this division now. <laughs> I'm supporting Phoenix Sports Five, Hazen Pickhurst, Benhurst, FC Peak, the Colts, and South London Spartans for promotion. There's my prediction. Right. Okay. Brilliant. Get your, <laughs> get your money on that. Yeah, I have to spend a lot of money to not win very much back. Um, but yeah, this looking like a good division. A six, perhaps a six-horse race there. 
and with Southeast Lions. It's a fucking Grand National. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pay we pay a quarter of the odds for the top six places, but yeah, looking good. Um, exciting times in Div Five. Um, plenty of football yet to be played. Um, I do like that division. So the goal scorers in all divisions. We're gonna do, we'll do the top ten uh, overall goals. This is obviously um, the information that has been entered onto um, full time. If you don't enter your if you don't enter your information, you obviously won't be included. Rodney Adamon Aruto um, from Hatcham Royals and Hatcham has 25 goals in 14 games, really enjoying himself. James Ryan can we, from call, Phoenix... can we just call him Dave just for the sake of it? No, we don't. We don't do that. Uh, James Ryan, we give him his full name because he deserves a credit. Top goal scorer in the Orpington and Bromley. Fair play to you, Rodney. Uh, James Ryan for Phoenix Sports 5 has 20 points in 10. Well done to James. Uh, Jonathan Burtonshaw from Hayes and Pickhurst is having a good season, 19 in 12. Uh, Chris McGinty, as you would expect, Silk 11's Chris McGinty has 19 goals in 10 games. Uh, Kyo Peak from Hayes and Pickhurst, 19 in 12. Hayes and Pickhurst, you can see what they're doing well this season. Yeah. Uh, Jake. James Critchley, 16 in nine for FC United of Bromley. Uh, Dan Keane of Crayford Arrows, 15 in eight. Do you remember when it used to be a good sign of a striker to have a goal every other game, Jamie? And now they're like doubling the, the goals. Two a game. Ratio. Uh, Dan Keane has um, 15 in eight for Crayford Arrows. Liam Malloy for Hayden Youth has 14 in eight. Uh, Jack Walder from West Wickham has 14 in 11. Uh, Ryan Solon from Phoenix Sports 5, has 13 in eight. What I'm interested in seeing is how far down you have to go to see a senior player. Brian Zippo from The Wall has 11 in nine. So, um, obviously, the, the level is the level, but um, obviously, the, the big scorers are in the lower divisions, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, I'm a minute to do a bit of scouting down in these low divisions. Um, the Hayes and Pickers boys might do as a turn. Um, division two, um, but no, uh, it's you will get quality players down in those divisions, as we know. Um, whether teams they'll stick with their teams as they move through the divisions, which you hope that they do, and it's good to see, yeah. Um, but yeah, and like you said, that the standards in the senior means that if that boy's got 11 and nine, was it that's a very good return. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm not surprised to see lower divisions higher up in the scoring charts, but um, yeah. There's quite a lot of um, big teams with, with some good goal scorers there. Absolutely. So, Jamie, in closing, before we break for Christmas, what has been the best bit about the season so far for you overall in the Albington and Bromley in 2021? I think the competitiveness of the divisions, just looking at it there, like the constitution looks to be absolutely spot on. Um, we've only had one team so far which has folded, which is unheard of for this, given that the all the atrocities with COVID and everything else and yeah, yeah. having having only one team fold um, is quite something. So everyone mm -hmm. seems to be sticking at it. And I know a lot of teams, I mean, ourselves included, have struggled for, for players for quite a few weeks or a few months. So uh, to see teams kind of keep battling on um, is good to see. Absolutely. And what do we expect for 2022? I know I've asked this question of everybody. I know it's quite uncertain at the moment. Again, fucking covid uh, looks like it could curtail um, or hamper uh, January for us. 
I think a likely start date um, for leagues in a sensible way is going to be the 16th of January because I think the 9th is meant to be um, a county cup weekend in some for some counties. So maybe we'll see a full program on the 9th on this. What did I say? Uh, 16th of January. Um, I think we can survive um, an extra week break the other side of January. But if we go two, three, four weeks, Jamie, we're gonna we're gonna end up with a double bankers again, aren't we? I think that's probably gonna happen. I think we're gonna get a, a three, four week lockdown, if I'm honest. Okay. Um which is unfortunate. But the thing is we've we've been in that situation before. Um so we've got the experience of, of the last time to call upon. So leagues should be able to make decisions a lot quicker. Uh, as will teams if they need to put any kind of COVID measures in place or games and yeah. venues and stuff as well. So hopefully that would maybe shorten um, any spell that we need to shut, uh, stop playing for. But you just don't know what to expect. But we can just all we can do is cross our, cross our fingers and hopefully um, we get back playing and enjoying it safely as soon as we can. Absolutely, mate. Last and not least, thank you very much for helping me out on the show every week. Um, I know we've we've relied on technology quite a bit this season, mm-hmm. uh, but that's fine. That's why we've got it. Uh, thank you for your help. Thank you for everything you do for the show. Uh, have a Merry Christmas with yours, with you and yours, and uh, have a good New Year. And we'll see you in Silk Towers very soon. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Um, always enjoy it. We have a good laugh between the four years. Well, the three years and Roger sometimes. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's good. And, you know, no matter if we've got games on off or if we're having to do it on Zoom or whatever, we'll always have that coverage there. So, no, good to be a part of and long may it continue. And have a good Christmas and New Year. Hope Santa's good to you. Hope so too, mate. Have a good one and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. So that's it. The end of another year. 2021. Done. All the podcasts we're going to release have been released already this week. Uh, the Sunday League Show, episode 17, in memory of Bob Dixon, is finished. Um, we're going to have a couple of weeks off now um, before the season starts. It's meant to start on the 9th of January, but who knows what's going to happen between now and then uh, with all this COVID stuff. Um, but we'll go ahead and, and continue with our thank yous to everyone who's helped us produce this show so far this season. Thank you to Graham, Jamie, Roger and Gibbs representing their fantastic leagues um, and with great enthusiasm and energy every single week, sometimes more than me. Um, they really do drive the show. Thank you ever so much. And thank you to all of our guest predictors so far this season. Hugo, Ryan, Russell, uh, Mark and John representing your leagues. Fantastically well, not so much in your scores, it must be said, gents, but um, it's fun to do that. Um, and we're enjoying it. Thank you to the um, people that have joined the charity predictions. Be sure to get in touch for 2022 uh, and help us raise some money for St. Christopher's Hospice in Sydenham, uh, who looked after our friend uh, Mike Cole in his, in his last months, weeks and days. Um, a fantastic organisation that we really do want to help as much as we possibly can through the Selk 11 charity team and through some charitable um uh, some charitable events throughout the year. Obviously, we continue to raise money for uh, Mike Strong, our original um, charity, and Kent Sands United will also um, be part of our 
uh, fundraising for uh, 2022. Also, the Tommy Crush, found, Tommy Crush Foundation. Uh, we've met some wonderful people along the way. Uh, last but not least, thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, NJPGD, our graphic design on Twitter. Get in touch with at NJPGD if you want your team's graphics. Uh, given a little bit of a professionalisation for next uh, for the remainder of, se- of the season or next year. Uh, get in touch with Nick. His prices will be more than competitive. Thank you to um, at thank you to uh, Grassroots Football um, GRF on um, on social media. Uh, great massive organisation doing everything they can to help support the growth of Grassroots Football. Thank you to Magpie Recruitment, our newest sponsor, um, a recruitment agency, um, and lots of um, ethical. Um, thoughts going on behind the scenes they're a fantastic company uh thank you to long-standing uh sponsors down to play Borden sports sports king and skipper uh some organizations really that we couldn't have got off the ground without this podcast on this podcast uh fantastic help and awards fc and um, fantastic new looking awards not your traditional stuff admittedly um but very good stuff um i i enjoy um i enjoy their stuff it's really good um now our charity sponsors are at njpgd our uh, front of shirt sponsor back of shirt sponsor is a stop bullying campaign by Borden sports and our sleeve sponsors are black eagle athlete and arithmetic accountants keep your eyes peeled for those guys on social media um if you're um, looking for personal training i think it's plant-based um with plant-based sort of focus the black black eagle athletes down in the medway area can certainly help you with that and if you want your accounting done if you're a limited company and all that stuff or just a business get in touch with um, arithmetic um, accountants part of the skipper brand um thank you also to player packs who supply us of all our uh, pre-match gear for all of our suppliers um, for the charity games. I'm also a customer. Fantastic company, it has to be said. Um, Elliot is a, a real good guy and you can always pick up the phone at any stage and have a chat with him, not just about what's the f- best flavour protein bar to buy, but as a human being as well. He's a top-level person um, and they're a great company. The best, in fact. Uh, and RYG uh, Sports Filming uh Matt has helped us film uh, some of the highlights from our last charity game and hoping that will continue. Uh, probably the busiest man on the filming, on the game film, match filming uh, scene at the moment. He seems to be everywhere. Um, but yeah, real good, um, real good company. Uh, last but not least, thank you to everyone here for listening. Uh, by the time this goes out, we'll be round about the 46,000 uh, listens for 2021, which beats our previous year by over 10 percent more than 20 percent listens this year compared to last year um it it puts puts pushes it pushes us right up close to a hundred thousand listens in total i think we're about a thousand short so probably by this time next week thursday next week we'd have surpassed a thousand hundred thousand listens which is crazy that's just soundcloud figures i'm not 100 percent sure how that works but there's a hundred thousand listens on there anyway um, it's been a great year. Uh, we've come out the back end of, of a lockdown and, and we've been positive and it's pleased, I'm pleased to see 
grassroots football uh, continue. It's good stuff. Uh, for this show particularly, thank you to the Southern Sunday, the OBD SFL, uh, the Quota Municipal and Westfire for giving us so much sort of access to the leagues and the committees and, and information and, and cup draws and all that type of thing because really that's the special stuff that shows that we've earned your, your trust um, and we like to continue that. Um, I wish everyone listening a happy festive period. Um, if you're whether you're just uh, if you're going away somewhere or if you're just staying with your family, just stay safe. We don't know what's happening around the corner. I know it's frustrating, but keep your heads, do the right thing for you, um, and enjoy yourself. Just enjoy your family. Use this time uh, to catch up with family because that's the most important part. Um, as I say, have a great festive period and a happy new year. And hopefully, I'll get to see more of you on um, on the football pitch next next season as I take up uh, a, a date a month, one Sunday a month. I'll be giving to the Southern Sunday to be able to come and see some of you guys. Um, so I'm not just blatantly just having a guess at everything I do. Hopefully, I get to see two teams every month, which means um, it'll be more than I do now. All the best, guys. Um, I can't wait to get back to recording the podcast after a well-earned... Um, rest i i'm thinking that the first week back will either will be tuesday the fourth because monday the third is a bank holiday we don't usually record on bank holidays or monday the 10th so the fourth or the 10th meaning the shows will either be out evening of the fourth or evening of the 10th um we'll keep you on keep in touch with us on twitter at podcast elk um and we'll keep you up to date with all the latest things that are happening Have a good one, guys. Enjoy yourselves. Speak to you soon. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.